Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. All right, my friends. Here we are on another Tuesday night. Me and you together. As the best show begins. Smack dab in the middle of August. August? April? I'll be dead by August. Who am I to... August. Now that'll be... People... Mike will be three months into his show by that point. The Mike Zone. Have you seen those AutoZone commercials, Mike? Have you? That guy makes me uncomfortable. I don't know what it is. Weird fitting shirt. If I'm going to get a part for a car that fits as badly as that dude's polo shirt fits? On on the spokesman? I don't know. Seems like a nice enough guy, though. What's that, Mike? It's it's a little... It's just It just doesn't seem like they looked at it. Like, they could have... They should have just tried some options. Seems like they only tried one shirt on the guy. Give the guy a chance. Maybe we'll make the guy look good. Do him a solid. Give him a nice polo shirt. Nice, not not one just clinging to him. Just weirdly, weird fitting. Hey, the guy's supposed to rep your company, man. And this... Stands as perhaps my greatest observation in the entire history of the best show. And after that, AutoZone stock plummeted. Pep Boys soared. I'm looking at picture. Let me just put a picture on Twitter. It said he's tucking his polo shirt in. Just weird. It's just. It's just. It's like. Look, I mean, the the guy's not... Nobody's going to mistake him for uh, Chris Hemsworth. He's a normal dude. He's working a normal job at a normal place. Make the shirt at least a relatively uh, flattering. I don't know. Who am I to talk? Should have seen me eating Easter candy all weekend. Oh, you should have seen I was eating non-Easter candy. That's when you know it's bad. When you're like, it's Easter and you're just like... Yeah, it's a Snickers bar. What's this? Has nothing to do with Easter? Yeah, sure, I'll have that. But it doesn't have Easter colors on it. I don't care, it's still candy. Get out of my way. Me and the AutoZone guy. The new Thelman Louise. Getting in a car we got at AutoZone. But no! I tell you... We are not doing that 
we are starting the best show here. It's the best show back on a Tuesday night here in April 2017. What's up? The phone number 201-3323484. Tonight we are talking about the dumb things that you believed as a kid. Got anything, Mike? For that? Will you share it with us later? Whole crew's here tonight. Pat, Mike, Dudio. Gotta love it. It's like a family. Right? Oh boy, that was the least enthusiastic. Mike went, yeah. Mike, yeah. Yeah, we should start spending the holidays together. How about that would be, that would be awesome. Yeah, we're going over, uh, Dudios for Easter. You know what? I would do it. Dudio, Kristen, some nice people. Mike pitting me against him. I tell you, he, that's how he does it. He pits everyone against everyone else. 
It's like a combat zone up in here. Right? Then suddenly it's like the Thor Ragnarok trailer. Hulk is fighting Thor and all that stuff. Who knows what's next? So, tonight, my friends. What are the dumb things you believed as a kid? What did we just hear? Oh, White Mystery from their new album, FYMS. Which, it's, uh, no, Alex White, one of my favorite people, total rock, uh, rock monster. Rock monster, I guess. Yeah, I'll call him rock monster. Great guitar player, great songwriter. Her and her brother Francis been doing white mystery for the longest time, and their name is actually White. Alex White, Francis White. They got a new album, F-Y-M-S, and it's, uh, the F stands for what F often stands for. What do you think the Y stands for, Mike? Yep. How about the M? Ah, you can say. No. Worse. Nope. S. F-Y-M-S. It's bleep your mouth shut. So, there's some new. Now, but the album comes out uh, next week. It's their eighth album, White Mystery. They're going to have a party uh, uh, concert on 420. Wink, wink. In Los Angeles at Monty Bar. This album's great. This, 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 how do they keep doing it? How does Alex White keep doing it? I don't know. Eight albums. So talented. This new one's great. FYMS. And the song we heard from it. Black Heart Crusader. So great. Gotta love it. White Mystery, back again. Yeah, so Easter was uh, Sunday. You ever notice people just dressed, like they're dressed sloppier and sloppier? Like, look, we went out and ate. No, we didn't go. It wasn't like we were at uh, Le, the Le Cirque. Is that even a restaurant? think it is right le cirque that's a restaurant right it's not the boat the boat is circle line le cirque is a restaurant it's not like we were at le cirque but we were at a place guy walks in one guy shorts and flip-flops it's like two in the afternoon it's still April in New Jersey. It says it's not J- July in Florida. Yeah, it wasn't that warm. Where you're just like, oh, if I put those shoes on, I'm, I'm going to be in trouble. If I, if I don't have flip-flops on. Flip-flops and shorts. Next guy walks in. Muscle tee. Sleeveless muscle tee. And it just said, like, beast on his shirt. Like, 
You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't wear a shirt with sleeves on Easter in a restaurant. You're in a restaurant. You can't put a, a sleeves on. And look, I'm not, I'm not like I'm dressed like uh, a George Clooney in a tuxedo. I'm not just like, like, uh, what's his face? Cary Grant. Look at the way they're dressed here. I'm going to make my way to the salad bar now. Like in a tuxedo, I'm at the salad bar. Well, don't these beets look nice? I think I'll put these crunchy noodles on my salad. These... What do you call these noodles? They're like croutons, but noodle-shaped. This dressing is fat-free French. Still probably has a lot of calories. Oh, I got some French dressing on my tuxedo. No. Not dressed like that. Just normal. But these guys... New low, bar slot and lower. Guy rolls. This guy. This guy was uh, underdressed uh, for for the beach. Like if he showed up to the beach dressed like that, somebody'd be like, "Really? That's what you wear to the beach?" Can you imagine? A landscape. This guy couldn't do landscaping dressed like that. A landscaper would be like, "If you're gonna rep my company, you can't show up dressed like that, you slob." Now pick that rake up. We got to do our spring cleaning. Yeah, come on, people. Tighten it up. Not asking for the world. Not asking everybody to be walking around in a tuxedo. I don't want that either. I don't want to wear some tuxedo. Now. Would it kill you to have sleeves? Imagine this. Imagine uh, Christ comes back. Right? It's it's Easter. He comes back. What? That's how everybody's dressed, huh? Really? No sleeves, huh? Couldn't couldn't grab one of the ones with sleeves today, huh? Had to have the guns out. Oh, look, this guy did have uh, huge, huge, huge muscles. But we were not, it was not a crunch fitness. He was underdressed for the gym. Like if this guy showed up to the gym dressed like that, it would be inappropriate. Best show don't do no ads no more, you know that. You know that, right? We don't. We don't do no ads for no uh, website thing or no uh, razor blade thing. We ain't doing no ads for them no more. Right? No. We don't do no ads no more. You don't hear us doing no ads for no uh, online football betting thing. No. We don't do that no more. Why? 
because now the best show runs through Patreon. Patreon is the only place we we narrowed it down. We just do it through Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash the best show and you support the show over there. You give what you can give. Weekly subscription. That way all the bills get paid. Everything gets taken care of. We get to, to, to pay uh, the people here a little bit. Everybody gets a little something. That's all I ask. And you get something for your money. There's something for every pledge level. We're going to record some new content tonight. They'll go up Patreon exclusive. What do you think about that? It's going to be good. Sure, we do ads for apmike.bandcamp.com. That's the only, that's the only holdout from the old regime. And what is that? I'm not exactly sure. It's, uh, I'm being told it's a website, uh, that is AP Mike who, who works on this show. It's his, uh, it's his site to buy his merchandise, like Breakfast with the King, a song he did, or Michael Perry, another song he did, or The Blood Trail. This guy did more songs than, look at this, like, so many songs. Masses, shirts, per, I actually went to this apmike.bandcamp right now for the first time. How about that? I mentioned it 8,000 times I finally went there. Wait, this is what it looks like? Personal headshot. Let me read this. Backed by pop, backed by popular demand. The gag, the gag gift that keeps giving. Suitable for, still suitable for framing, as if they were going to change that at some point. Eight by ten. He, first of all, you should put inches in there so that people don't think they're getting a, a, a this isn't a, one of those, uh, uh, one of those fathead things, Mike. Like a life size, they're not going to get a life size, uh, the, the DeMarcus Cousins, uh, sticker to hang on their wall. Eight by ten headshot on heavy stock paper with personal autograph. Please leave instructions as to who it should be signed to when ordering. In parentheses, please don't order via your phone. I've been told you can't. Ugh. Thanks for your generous support. I love you all. That's nice. I'm going to order one right now. Quantity one. Name your... Pr- What's that? Oh, okay, yeah. Check a box. Email me when AP Mike releases new music. Yeah, sure. I'll... Please email me when he does. Are people having any, are there any tech problems tonight? Okay. One or two people said something to me. I might just be on their end though. Might be on their end. Don't worry. I'm not. I'm not. Hold on. Okay. Here we go. Shipping address. Yeah, I don't want him having my home address. See, should I send it? I should send it to a police station, right? I should have I should have Mike sign this headshot, send it to a police station, have him write 
something on it like a confession. Right? Okay, here's the thing. Okay, I'm ordering. I'm ordering a, a, a headshot from AP Mike. Let's see. Do that. Here we go. Only $10. Very affordable. Now the comment. Let's see. Let me write the comment in here. What do I want the comment to say? Um, all right. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Just bought an AP Mike headshot. Oh, good. You'll mail it out Thursday. Okay. So yeah, apmike.bandcamp.com. Go uh, check it out. Um, who's good here, Mike? A best Hi. Hi, best show. This is Liam. Oh my goodness, how are you, Liam? Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. What the, no, you, you young man, are how old now? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. And you, uh, you, you, you go to school. You're what, in high school now? What are you? No. Third grade. Third grade, okay. You're in third grade. And the first time we spoke, you told me about your friend Bobby Joe. Mm-hmm. Your imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. And um, how he drives a toilet car, mm-hmm. which has, I believe, 17 wheels mm-hmm. and can go 500 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. What's going on with you and Bobby Joe lately? Anything? Any new uh, developments? No, but I did make another imaginary friend. Hold on a second. You made another imaginary friend? Yeah. Liam, would you tell me about this new imaginary friend? Well, his name is Frederick Peabody. Frederick Peabody? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's, what's the deal with Frederick Peabody? Well, he likes to tell jokes. Okay. He likes to tell jokes. I like this guy already. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. What's he look like? Well, he has spiky hair. Uh-oh. He's got spiky hair like a like a punk? Uh, kind of. Kind of? Okay, so he's kind of like a punk. I mean, he's more like a hippie. Okay. So he's more like a hippie, but he has spiky hair. Mm-hmm. All right. So what what kind of jokes does Frederick Peabody tell? Are there any of his jokes that you really like? Yeah. Can you tell me one of them? Yeah. Spell I cup. What's that now? Spell I cup. Spell I cup. Okay. E-Y-E. You spelled it wrong. What's that? It's 
wrote it wrong. Well, how do you spell it then? No, you spell it. I did. E Y E. You said I cup. I E Y E. No, I the letter. The letter. Mm-hmm. E Y E T H E. No, no. L E T T E R. I. I E Y E. Look, Liam. No. no how do you? I, sp- then how the do you spell I. I? Then how do you spell I cup? I don't. Uh, you're ruining the joke right now. <laughs> Hold on. Well, no. Okay. Oh, you just mean the letter I. Yeah. So then that would be I C O P. You're spelling it wrong. I cop, you said. Yes, I cop. Did they teach you how to spell cop? <laughs> Did they not teach me how to spell cop? They not teach me how to spell cup. Yeah, because you spelled it C O P. As opposed to what? Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new office hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. Goodbye. Goodbye. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals because I don't smell them? It's cope. It's cope. Okay, so it's I C I C U. P. Oh, I gotcha. I see how Frederick Peabody does it. Yep. He got me. Mm-hmm. Oh, brother. You got me, Frederick Peabody. What, what, uh, what are some other jokes he likes? Uh... He told, um, uh, stuff. Look, that's okay. You don't have to remember all his gags. Uh, Yeah. But he's a funny guy? He's a funny guy? Yep, he's a funny guy. Does Bobby Joe like him? Yeah. He likes him a lot. Has, Has Frederick Peabody ever... Taking a ride on the toilet car. Yep. 500 million people have at the same time. Well, wait. We can't move past this so quickly. 500 million people have been on the toilet car at the same time? Yes. So it sounds like what you're saying is the toilet car might just be Earth. Mm, No. No? You're wrong. No. Okay. How does everybody fit on the toilet car? Uh, they flush themselves down in the toilet, and then there's the bottom of the car, and the bottom of the car is like this humongous land. Okay. And they all, 
and it's just made out of toilets. And the toilets are rubber, like tiny children would use, and they shoot out um, peeps, tiny peeps. Peeps, like marshmallow peeps? Yep. Yep. They, they shoot out the, the, um, the poop-flavored peeps. Wait, there's poop-flavored peeps? Yeah. Oh, that sounds, they don't sound popular. They, they, that, I, I think that people would just want to eat the, the, the peep flavored peeps. <laughs> right? Well, well, everybody, everybody, um, on the toilet car, like peeps, like the poop peeps, the poopy peeps. Uh huh. All right. This sounds, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is pretty amazing. This how this toilet car works. Yeah, right? and it has like this, like this humongous field that these guys make dude perfect can play on. They do trick shots, all this other stuff. Wait, what can they do on it? The, the guys from Dude Perfect. They can do trick shots. The guys from Dude Perfect are on the toilet car. Yeah, and they do trick shots. The guys who do the crazy basketball things where they throw a basketball from the top of, like, uh, bleachers, and it goes in. No, farther, like 500 feet. 500 feet, so they'll be, like, on the top of a skyscraper. Yeah, they set the world record. They set the world record for what? Being the highest to shoot a basketball hoop and make it. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, I'm gonna say this: the, the guys from Dude Perfect are on that thing. Oh, you, you're one, uh, you're one, uh, Charlie. What's his face? Uh, what's that guy's name? Dudio from Improve Everyone. Yeah. If that dude's on the toilet car, yeah. Whatever, suddenly I don't want to be on the toilet car with the guys from Dude Perfect and the Improve Everywhere. Wait, are you saying you don't like Dude Perfect? Oh, I, I do, I do, but those guys are very intimidating. I would be scared to, to be with them. But, I mean, and it's true, They're, they go beast mode. I mean, especially Ty, the guy with the beard and the backwards hat. Uh-huh. He's awesome. Wait, is your dad in Dude Perfect? Your dad's not in Dude Perfect, is he? Oh, I wish he was. You wish he was? Right? Hi, Dad. Your dad's not in Dude Perfect. Sounds like a movie. It's your birth. Picture this is the movie. Uh, you wake up. No, you listen to me now, Liam. Here's the movie. Mm-hmm. It's your birthday. You blow out your candles. You get one wish, and you say, "I wish my dad was in Dude Perfect." Right? Uh. And then sure. suddenly, suddenly your dad, like, go. He like is at work, and he throws a piece of paper, and it goes into the basket, and he can't believe it, huh? How about that? Then he throws something from even further, and that goes in. Then your dad realizes he's in Dude Perfect. <laughs> what would you do? What would you think about that? Good. Yeah. So, oh Liam, I have to. I have to take more calls. I wish I could talk to you all night, buddy. Okay. You have a great Thanks, night. Thanks, Bob.
Okay. Did he say unskinny bop? Is that a poison reference on the way out? That kid's that kid. That's something else, man. Best show. Rhonda, be a deer and get me a, uh, I don't know, how about a mango gelato? Just one scoop, okay? Thank you. Hey, Tom? Yes? Tom, it's Matthew Tompkins from the Shout Network. Oh, my God, it's Matthew. You're, you're, everyone knows the Shout Network, of course. One of I my, hope so. One of my favorite uh, TV channels. And, one uh, of what? Well, I like other ones. I can't, you know, but. But you're, you've had such great programming for so long and you've always called the show giving us just the updates on what's what and it's always, always very exciting. Well, I'm, I'm so excited right now that I've, I've already strapped myself in and I've got my helmet on and I'd love for you and your audience to, to do the same because I want to talk about the new spring season here at Shout. The new spring season of shows at Shout. Yes. I would love to hear it, and I love that you're getting right to it, Matthew. You know what we want. I'd be glad to shoot the ass for a little bit if you want, but I don't think I don't think you want that. I, I want think you're uh, chomping. Is it champing or chomping at it's the bit? Bo- it's both, actually. I've been I've I've looked that up. It's it's champing or chomping. But you'd never say I want to champ this chocolate chip cookie. No, but my, but uh, you might say my horse wants to champ this chocolate chip cookie. Why the hell are you feeding a cookie to a horse? Well, I'm, I, I, I'm just busting your okay. bees. All right, well, you, you got me there, Matthew. <laughs> All right, Tom. Yeah? I have two words that are going to revolutionize television. You okay? Are you ready? Um, I am ready. Stand Up Saturday. Wait, actually, I guess that's that's one word and a hyphenated word. So is that like... Is that two no, words or like, one and a half I, words? I, it's... It, you're, you're 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 right. It's two words, basically. Stand up okay. can count. So, what is stand up Saturday? Tom, if there's one thing I know we can all agree on, it's that the average American can't get enough of knowing the inner workings of the world of stand up comedy, right? Um. Well, I might say at this point, I don't know how if that's true that everyone wants to know every little thing about stand up. But hmm. well, my research shows differently. I've done my research. Now you do yours. Okay, I guess I, w- I would have. I would ha- yeah. Anywho, we have a great lineup of stand-up related programming that's guaranteed to knock your socks off. Okay, I'm I'm all ears. Please. Tell all right, me. all right. First up, yeah. we have the Funny Bones Brood. Okay, what is the Funny Bones Brood? Well, it's a great animated show that kids and adults are guaranteed to love. Here's how it here's how it rolls out. Funny Bones is a comedy club in the heart of downtown Indianapolis. Now we all know, of course, what happens in a comedy club during the operating hours of the club. But what happens when the lights go off, Tom? Um. Okay. I don't know. Well, at Funny Bones, the club comes to life. Okay. All right. All kinds of cool characters. There's Mikey the microphone. Pete the Potato Skin, Buddy the Bottle of Water, Steve the Stool, and tons more. And they all interact with one another. And man, is this thing hilarious. And overseeing all the fun yeah. is the ever-wise, ever-present Ben the Brick Wall. And this is a like an animated show about the microphone and the potato skin 
all kind of talking about comedy and stuff? Yes, yeah, yeah, all just all comedy. Uh huh. Yeah, it's great. And did they get into different adventures? No, they just talk about comedy. It's almost like like a comedy podcast, but it's animated. Okay. You know how exciting those are? Sure, yeah. And I could only imagine now they'd be animated instead of, and you'd be looking at them also, but instead of looking at a a guy with a a beard, you'd be looking at a potato skin. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty darn cool, isn't it? It's got my attention, Matthew. Okay, well, this next show is gonna gonna hold your attention. What's that? It's a reality show called The Middler. The Middler. Yes. What is The Middler? Well, imagine The Apprentice, but the candidates are all vying for that coveted middle slot at a Pete Holmes gig at Zanies in Gainesville. Okay. It's actually being produced by President Trump. He's very hands-on. With the, with the middler. Yes. He's on set every day. He's on set of this, but he's not on camera. Not yet. See, that that's the dicey sitch, because he want, he's, he's getting into stand-up himself. So he, he, wants some, he wants some time. So it's, we're trying to figure out new ways of keeping him off screen. To keep him off camera, because yeah. as much of a get as it would be to have the president on your right? reality show, it's still to watch him do stand-up would go the other way. Can you imagine how offensive he would be? Just and it's live too, you know. So or just <sighs> yeah, I, I can't take that chance. No, my I, head's on the line. Your head would be on the line. You you are uh, an exec. Not easy being. I'm the exec, exec, Tom. Come on, show me some respect. You're the exec at the Shout Network. You know who you're going to love and respect. Who's that? The Yucks. The Yucks. What? What? Or and or who are the Yucks? Oh, only Silver Lake's most beloved family of stand-up comics. A family. What do you mean by family of stand-up comics? Everybody in the Yuck family is a stand-up comic. Uh, there's the father, Todd Yuck, oh, so that's mother, a, Pam. It's their last their name. Kid. Pardon Yuck. me? Yuck is their last name. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Y-U-C-K. Gotcha. Yes. They immigrated from um, from Austria. Okay. And, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're dis- Wait, uh, is a descendant the one who came before? A descendant came after. Came after. Okay, so what's... What's the other one? The forefathers or the uh, the ascendants or the predecessors? Predecessors, great. Yeah. See, okay, I'm going to write that down. It's a great idea for a show. The predecessors. Okay, I like that. So, so you said it's a father. Maybe get, Bill, get Bill Stevenson to score that this thing. The predecessors, great. The guy from I, the descendants. Yep. See, that's what we call a uh, a uh, full circler. Okay, I guess I would. Yeah, that would that would. Definitely bring all that would be a good package of Didn't see of, it coming, did you? Of elements. Yes. So so the father I'm actually said, optioning package of elements that, that uh Jack Arrow Haley film that kinda of slipped between the cracks. We're gonna do do a drama version of that. Package of elements. That was yeah. that was a very intense I remember it being it was it took place in, in one of those uh those 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 mailboxes etc yes yeah yeah and 
He played probably, the owner. Probably the most graphic scene of someone's arm being pulled off in a PG-13 film Through ever. Through one of the little mailboxes. Like yes. the, the fake post office boxes. Yeah, sick stuff. Yeah. Very graphic, very intense, and thank goodness you're going to turn it in. You're going to bring us more of it. Yeah. You're going to love it. Hey, but first you're going to love the yucks. Okay. Yeah, so there's Father Todd, Mother Pam, their kids Thor and Azalea. Why, even their grandparents, Irv and Mildred Yuck, are stand-up comics. As is their nosy neighbor, Ted. So everyone is a stand-up comic. In yes. The, that's insane. No, it's great. It's great. They live, they love, they laugh, all the while honing and performing their tight fives. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. My favorite episode takes place at the school talent show, Tom. <laughs> okay. Well, can you tell me more about it? Okay, so a, a big drama ensues when Thor wants to do his English homework chunk. But Azalea, she wants to do her English homework chunk. Uh-huh. But then, and, and look, it's a total spoiler I'm, I'm about to lay on you, but it, it's too hilarious not to tell, okay? Okay. They both lose the contest because Salinger, the class dweeb, he does his English homework chunk before they get to do theirs, and he totally kills. Okay, that sounds like an intriguing... Isn't uh, it? Sure, the plot of that, yeah. Hey, and speaking of killing... Yeah? Rounding out the evening... Yeah? ...is kill and kill again. Kill, what is kill and kill again? Oh, I don't know, just a terrifying psychological drama about a female road comic who slays audiences during the early evening and then slays pudgy, awkward, bearded comedy nerds back at the comedy condo before moving on to the next town. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So it, it sounds pretty. Uh, it sounds pretty, pretty uh, like uh, edgy. It is. I was laughing because her jokes are really, really funny. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I remember the them all. They're the funniest. Whenever, whenever people play stand-ups on te- television, mm-hmm. they always have the best material. They do. They do. <laughs> they. Um, so she's she's literally murdering people. Yes, stabbing mainly. Uh huh. Yeah. So it's like the blacklist. What's that? That's a show with uh, James uh, uh, Spader. I don't watch other networks. What? Okay. Well, it's not. Yeah. Never mind. And, and I won't. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. Hey, so at, at the end of of Stand Up Saturday, we have a recap show. Yeah. And it's called the Talkover. Okay. And basically, seven comics comment on the night's proceedings. Seven comics. Yes. How how does that go? Well, it, it's actually hard to hear what anyone is saying because everyone's trying to outfunny each other all at the same time. That's why it's called the talkover because they're talking over each other. And of course, there's always someone skyping in who talks at exactly the same time as whoever's speaking, so you never really hear anything. So no one ever gets a rhythm going. Never. No. Yeah. Uh huh. So no. it, you're it, it, you just feel off kilter. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. And and all the comics feel they feel disappointed because none of them really scored at all. So they're pro- they probably start pressing. They do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Get very heated. Yeah. And well, there's always some kind of fist fight. Yeah. Well, I mean that sounds, and I'm sure the fight is it, though. I can only imagine the way stand-up comics would actually fight. So I'm sure even the fight is strangely off kilter. And but you'd assume that the fight is really long, right? Yeah, you'd assume there'd be a lot of posturing and screaming. Yep, and yeah, yeah. 
How, how, how percentage-wise, what what percentage of this confrontation is actually physical? Physical, um, I would say thirty-five uh, percent is physical in terms of landing mm-hmm. b- blows yeah. or anything. Four percent. Uh, great guess. It's actually three. It's three percent. I picture I picture there being some sort of coffee table in between. Oh yes, yeah. Them and people are holding each other, holding the comics back, and yeah. just let me at that guy. Yep. Just let me at. Well, that the 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 talk over sounds amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I think you're going to love it, and I, I I know what else you're going to love. What's that? Inside TV Thursdays. In what is Inside TV Thursdays? Tom, if there's one thing we all know and agree upon, it's that Middle America has an unquenchable thirst. For knowing the inner workings of the world of television. Um, yeah, I I respectfully am gonna uh, say I don't know if that's true. That that's what everyone in in uh, the country wants. I think sometimes people who only people who make TV want to see things about the making of TV. No, man, you don't know what you're talking about. Dig this. All right, let's say you're, I don't know, you're a punch clock Johnny putting in 40 grueling, mind-numbing hours a week at a chemical plant. What are you most looking forward to as you toil away loading dangerous ethanol glyconinite pellets into a giant steel vat? I'm sorry, I dropped, I dropped, I have a change purse. It's kind of my lucky change purse, Tom. Uh Uh-huh. And I just dropped it, and I think it went under my, oh, here it is. Oh, what else is down there? That's weird. Oh, it's this ZZ Top pencil I got at a ZZ Top concert. A, a pencil? Yeah, they sell they sell pencils. How 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 much was the pencil? Ten cents. Well, that does not seem. Well, I guess that's maybe more, that's very fan friendly. I'm glad. Isn't it? Yeah, but you know, I, I only I can only I only bought one of them. I, I I got the Frank Beard pencil. Okay. Oh, so they have one for each member. They do. Yeah, I didn't like the other guys. I'm, just, a, I'm a beardite. You just like the drummer for ZZ Top. Yep. Um, I mean, there are some who say he hasn't played on a record there since 1978, but I don't think so. Because their drum sound is completely electronic. Yes. Was for about 15 years. Yes, absolutely. Not not a turnoff for their hardcore fan base at all. Oh, not at all. No, those those guys. Uh, Parking up massive dudes in the parking lot of the Nassau Coliseum. Yeah, just who were, who would go to see the band from Texas. Yeah, the three-piece boogie band. I hope those drum triggers are working tonight. Yeah, uh, just uh, who were just like, I hope no when when our guitars spin around, we have the guitars that spin around. Should we spin them around during Rough Boy? <laughs> but our, one of our space rock songs. Yeah, space rock. Computer rock. It, was, it really was very computeristic, very yes. futuristic. Hey, you um, know, I've gotten so far off base here. So you were saying a thing about a punch clock Johnny is the yes, last thing yes. I remember. It's a great idea for a show also, punch clock Johnny. Get uh, John Mellencamp to score that. Anywho. So you're saying if some punch clock Johnny is working at a job. Yes. What do you think he wants to get home to? Probably his family, um, and, like, dinner. No, that's boring. 
If you're that guy, you can't wait to sit in front of your giant plasma TV and watch Bert. But what is Bert? Oh, Bert is a new show following the career of TV producer and writer Bert Nygaard, who I'm sure you know did four seasons as co- of, uh, as co-executive producer of Six of a Kind over on the CW network before creating On the Rebound for ABC. Uh, okay. Right? And as everyone knows, a lot of show creators will get a hit show on its feet, and then they'll move on to other opportunities where they can, you know, create new shows. And at that point, the previous show's co-executive producer, he slides into the showrunner slot, right? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened to Bert. See, once On the Rebound got rolling, Bert signed an overall deal with Universal Studios to develop new shows. Now, obviously, that's a bit of a conflict with the, uh, the ABC show, because Universal, they're definitely not, uh, not going to automatically play shows on ABC or CBS. There's just too many licensing deals that have to be figured out with that scenario, right? So it's much easier for Universal to just put shows on, on NBC because, you know, they're part of, the, of that family, and then the studio and the network, et cetera, are all under the same umbrella. But that's neither here nor there, Tom, okay? Uh-huh. So, anyway, Bert signs this deal with Universal, and he starts developing shows. And over a two-year period, none of the shows that he does really takes off, especially uh, uh, Groupie Nation, this incredibly realistic rock and roll sitcom he did. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, they film a couple pilots like that. One show gets dumped on the Friday nights, you know, a total burial ground situation. And after the two years are are done, Bert is looking to come back to On the Rebound, right? And that's basically what the show is all about. Bert's thrill-a-minute transition back into a senior production position on a show he created, but then handed the reins over to. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Some of the gripping plot lines, Tom? Yeah. Here's his conundrum. At what stage in the rewrite process does Bert weigh in on? Right? (laughs) Does he take a cursory pass at punching up a script before it goes to the full room, let alone the new showrunner's computer? Right. Uh uh, Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. And add to that the insanity of Bert coming up with some alternate jokes for scenes. When does he pitch them? Like, what's the right situation? Uh Uh-huh. When he's on set, can he just walk up to an actor without the showrunner and pitch things? Oh, okay. And don't even get me started on the parking episode. What's the parking episode? Well, see, Bert used to have the best parking spot spot for his bungalow. A parking spot? What is that? A little bit like Andy Kindler. I'll yeah. write that down. Andy Kindler's parking spot. Okay. I can spitball that later. So he used to have the best spot you know, in front of his bungalow, but now they need to figure out a new spot for him. Uh, and like, all, right, all right. Who's willing to move their spot six feet away to accommodate this fading lion as he tries to reclaim some sort of past glory? Uh-huh. Okay. Tom, all this is so gripping, and, and it's basically everybody's story, right? This is everybody's story? Yeah, I mean, there's no way a UPS man coming home after a long day of lugging packages isn't going to want to come home and see whether or not Bert got one or two assistants. Yeah, uh, Matthew, I don't know if this is exactly something that's that's universal for everyone to... Well, this sounds so inside 
Uh, it's what people want and love. Okay, well, maybe you don't like that, but I know you're going to love Retooled. Okay, what is Retooled? Well, it answers this question. What happens if none of the people who wrote and crafted a new show were on board for the next season? And the next season had to continue with all new people doing it behind the scenes. You know, of course, you had the same actors and characters, but none of the same writers. So it's a totally different tone. Sends chills up and down your spine, doesn't it? Doesn't seem like it could possibly happen. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That that one sounds a little, a uh, little uh, like science fiction. Yeah, I don't think it could ever happen. Yeah, I would. I couldn't count that. That one. That's the first false note I've heard of any of these, Matthew. No offense. Well, okay. I mean, maybe that needs to be retooled and made a little more realistic. So you're going to retool, retooled. Exactly. The retooling of retool. Well, that sounds like it. Not that I'm here to tell you what a show is, but that sounds like a show. Yeah, you sure aren't. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Hey, let's let's get on a better foot, okay? Sure, let's. We at Shout are absolutely thrilled to announce. Are you ready? I'm ready. That Trailer Park Boys is coming to the Shout Network this spring. Wait, the Trailer Park Boys? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and I'll tell you one thing, man. Season 32 is going to knock your socks off. Wait. Season 32? Yeah. There's been that many seasons of Trailer Park Boys? Yes, yeah. Seems hard to believe, right? Yeah, that does seem like a lot. Yeah. Um, Wow. I'll tell you, some very exciting things are afoot for the gang. Okay. Primarily, Julian holds his drink in the other hand now. Uh, okay, so he yeah. holds his drink in the other hand. Yeah, no. yeah, it's all very exciting. And I didn't even mention the 14 Trailer Park Boys specials and movies that are already in the pipeline. <laughs> yeah, for a lot of content there for they they churn it out up there for for uh, that. Yeah, they churn it out. I don't know. That's that might not churn might not be the most flattering word for you to use describing no, your own product. They, uh, uh, if you spend any time up there, everyone up there is always talking about the Canadian churn. Uh-huh. And what yeah. that's like just the way they make things? It is, yeah. Yeah. The Canadian churn. Yeah, Carl Newman always talks about that. So, like, when he does a new pornographer's album, a new new pornographer's album, he's like, it's time for the time for the Canadian churn. He does, he does. And he's doing that with this new, new pornographer's show that we're going to do next year. He has a show. Yeah, it's basically built around Todd Fancy. Okay. Yes. Uh huh. That sounds. It's called the Mystery Man from Vancouver. Uh huh. Yeah. Wow. This. Uh... Actually, it's called it's called Shades and a Baseball Cap, Colin, the Mystery Man from uh, Vancouver. Sounds. Like, I I can't imagine how that would not be the biggest show on television. It's going to be great. It's yeah. going to be great. Hey, you know, we've got a, a, a new documentary that we're so excited about here. Okay. And this thing is going to make everybody forget about Wiener. That was the uh, the documentary about the New York congressman, the disgraced New York congressman, Anthony Wiener. Yes, what a, what a crazy story that was. Yeah. Our documentary, The Whooshing Robe, is a hard-hitting, sometimes funny, almost always erotic telling of the Judge Montgomery Davies story. Who that. was a, a judge, a long-serving, long-seated judge in Newbridge, who resigned in in uh, disgrace, like a shameful uh, thing, because it's and it's hard to say to have to explain this 
on the show. Um, not sure how to say what. Tom, we're all adults here, okay? Uh-huh. We all know what happened. He was having in-court, device-driven, under-the-robe teen parties. Uh-huh. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. that that look, you did explain it. I <laughs> have to give you credit. I you yeah, did. I, I, that's my, be- my best ever nutshelling, I think. That was... That was some Hall of Fame level nutshelling. Thank you, thank you. Uh-huh. I'll tell you, man, you are not going to believe the bombshells his stenographer drops. I can't even say any of it because it's all triple X. Uh huh. The Judge yeah. Davies, his stenographer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a that sounds like a real gripping show. No pun. It is. Inten- no pun intended. <laughs> oh my God, you're bad. You uh, you are bad. I can't help it sometimes. sometimes. We've had a great a great friendship. How, it's going on at least twelve years, right? It has Probably more. It's gone on. I have to say, our friendship is one of the most meaningful in my life. I've spoken to you eight times over the last fifteen years. Yep, it's a high quality friend, and it's only been on the show. We never meet in person. It's very hands off. I know so little about you outside of your job. You probably don't know how tall I am, do you? I don't. I'll tell you. How tall? I'm 4'8". Four, 4'8", four, okay. 4'8". Yeah. Well, let's, um, sure. Um, hey, well, let's keep going, all right? There's a lot more to cover. Okay. Tom, you know how everyone's been talking about this Netflix original series called The Get Down? Yes, The Get Down, which is a, a show I watched the first season of. It's uh, Boz Lerman uh, did a show about the... The or the formative year of uh, years of uh, hip hop and uh, disco and all that, yeah. Well, come next week, that's all going to be forgotten, and everyone's going to be talking about the Prague down. What is the with the Prague down? What is the, the Prague pro- down? Yeah. What is the Prague down? Well, here we go. Finally, finally. Someone is telling the story of the burgeoning days of progressive rock through the eyes of two young dreamers just looking for their big break. The year? 1971. The place? London, England. You want more? This is, you're painting such a picture here. Right? Okay. All right. Clive, he's our, he's our main character. Clive is a down-on-his-luck keyboardist just looking for a big shot. You know, he just wants a shot. All he wants is for his dream to come true. He just wants to share his vision with anyone else who loves music. Uh-huh. And what, what is his vision and his, his dream? Well, it's a very humble dream, Tom. Okay. All he wants to do is get a chance to stage his 17-part interpretation of Homer's The Odyssey at the Royal Albert Hall, backed by the London Philharmonic, while he plays a stack of keyboards and synthesizers while wearing a bright green satin cape slash jumpsuit combo at the front of the stage. It's all he wants. That's all. Oh, that's all he wants. Simple stuff. Uh huh. Sure. All right. Meanwhile, Sylvia, the girl of Ian's dream, is interested in becoming England's top hippie dancer. A top what dancer? Hippie dancer. Okay. What is it? What is that? I don't know. I'm not familiar with that. Well. Sylvia has studied ballet and dance at the London Academy of Dance, Uh but all her teachers are just outraged that she's channeling all her energy and all her talent into lifelessly rocking back and forth and then spastically gyrating, barely in time with the music. But again, she has her dream too. 
Okay. The two of them, they're just just kids trying to make their way through the world, right? Sure. And it's a very gripping story that everyone is just going to fall in love with. Wait till the episode in which Clive finally gets a sit down with Chris Squire and they have a talk about the bass part of Yes's smash hit single Don't Kill the Whale. You're not going to believe it. Uh-huh. Don't Kill the Whale. Yeah. Which um that's that's hardly a smash song. And came you said it was 1971? Yeah. That came so much later than the stuff you just uh you named like the, the era you named yeah that's are late, you sure? late, late 70s yeah. are you sure i'm positive oh uh, this isn't good i'll tell you what i'm going to fire someone's ass over this no better yet i'm going to fire two people's asses over this okay well i'm i'm sorry but that's somebody made a mistake uh, all right all right well Maybe the prog down is, isn't for everybody, but I know everyone's going to love the man in the barren net nut. Sorry, I can't even say this right in this, this show. This See, it's already kind of cursed. This whale thing got to you. It did. It's the man in the barren nutmeg field. The man in the barren nutmeg field. What is that yes, about? I, I, I'm, I'm close to canceling already because I can't pronounce the name. Uh-huh. And what is that about? Well, I thought it was a thrilling alternative history that answers the age-old question, what if the U.S. was defeated when they invaded the tiny island of Granada in 1983? Okay. Okay, what happens is, Grenadan leader Bernard Cord, he becomes the ruler of the United States of Granada, and he instigates this very strict, ironclad, anti-synth-pop policy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll tell you, Taylor Lautner is very convincing as a young David Gahan. Taylor, so he's playing the lead singer of Depeche Mode. Yes, he's really good. The guy who played the wolf, the yes. wolf man in the... He lost uh, all that muscle mass. Okay. Yeah. To play early Dave Gahan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. I just, I just hate this name. The man, in the, the man in the barren nutmeg field. What if we called it... Nah, nothing else works. I just gotta just gotta figure out how to pronounce it better. It's uh, a perfect name. Okay. Well. Yeah. I'll tell you. What do you see our most critically acclaimed show? What what, what is that? Citizen Mike. Citizen. What is Citizen Mike? Well, as as far as I know, it's TV's first pre-postquel. A pre-postquel. Yes. Well, I, don't even, I have no idea what a pre-postquel is. What, well, what is what is the show even about? Okay, it's a spinoff of our hit dark drama, Speak No Evil. Okay. And I'll tell you, man, this show is harder to follow than Better Call Saul and every bit as slow. Okay. Yeah. Good. I signed off on this thing, and three quarters of the time, I can't tell if what's happening is in the long-ago past, the the the... the recent past, the present, or if it's happening in Mike's mind. And to make matters more convoluted, Mike has seven different names in the course of this thing, and it's truly maddening. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's very, very com- complicated. It is. You know what else is complicated? What's that? The opening credits. Uh-huh. Well, Citizen Mike 
has also set the record for most producers on a single show. Okay. There's 23 producers, 31 co-producers, and 17 executive producers. There's even something called a subordinate co-executive producer. I don't even know what it means. I'm not even sure what that would be. No, and these opening credits, they're still rolling a solid 20 minutes into the show. Of still just producer, producer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, but uh, you know, it has to be done. You know, everyone that's part of everybody's contract. Everybody has a contract nowadays. They all want, they all want that title, even though it means dick. Okay. What? <laughs> that, I've never heard that before. Came out of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. I'll say it again if you want. <laughs> you know what? Could you? Yeah. What about a contract? Again. Tell me about. Uh, this whole phenomenon with contracts. Everybody wants one. Matthew? Matthew? I'll tell you, man. They don't mean dick. That wasn't as good. Uh, we, we always have the first time. Yep, yep. So, yeah, so there's... Well, getting back to Citizen Mike, mm-hmm. it was created by, you know... The Titan, Sean, Sean Goodwell, who of course created Speak No Evil, and sure. Sean is, is also producing and writing 16 of our current and new and future shows. He's a machine. Uh huh. Yeah. 16 more shows. That, 16, that's, a, yeah. that's a lot of shows. It is. Um, can I ask, are these shows good? Well, I, I don't see how that really factors into this. Okay, well, quality? No. I don't think it does. What's important is that Sean is churning these shows out like a TV sweatshop. I'll tell you, there's a couple of shows where we placed orders for 20 episodes, and Sean made an extra 20. On his own? Yes, yeah. Same Uh budget. Sure. Well, can I ask, though? That's that's all well and good, but are the shows good? Why are you trying to make this less fun? I don't get it. Less fun? Yes. I mean, I'm only asking about the quality of the the programs. Well, look, Tom, if there's one thing the last few years have taught us, it's that the quality of the work isn't what's important. It's how much work was completed and how unusual and newsworthy was the manner in which the work was completed. Okay. Yeah. It's like this new Kendrick Lamar record featuring beats that were made on an iPhone. I mean, man, what a story. Yeah, I mean, look, I didn't get to hear the new album yet, but it it is always weird when that becomes the narrative, not the. You mean that no one ever talks about what's that, what the art actually is? It's yeah. all just about how it was. Yeah, that they're just trying to squeeze an extra fifty bucks out to get an article. I think you know, and it's like it 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 just feels like like quality doesn't mean dick. Oh, there you go. You got it back a little bit. Still wasn't as good. Still wasn't as good. I, I can admit that. Well, you know, you're 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 on it though. You're Thank you. Um, hey Tom. Yeah. What's the first word that comes to mind when you think of UFC fighting? The first word. Yes. Uh violent to terrifying? Really? Yeah. Oh, I, w- I was thinking soft or wimpy. For for okay, then, oh, I disagree with that. Those fights are like so out of control 
There's so so much blood and brutality. So you feel like most Americans when you say that MMA has just gotten way too tame. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Well, we heard you loud and clear. The Shout Network is proud to announce a new sport that's going to capture the hearts and minds and souls of America. Get ready for U-E-I-M-M-A. What does that stand for? Ultimate Extreme Intense Mixed Martial Arts. Uh, Rolls off the tongue, don't it? Yeah. U-E-I-M-M-A. Yes. Okay. And, And I'll tell you why we started this thing. Why is that? Because of the snowflakes that worry too much about whether someone's going to stub their widow toe in an MMA fight. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, the powers, powers that be at EMMA, they don't hold back at all. Uh-huh. These fights go all the way. And when I say all the way, yeah. I mean all the way. But legally, I, I can't say what all the way means, of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can probably figure it out. Yeah, I'm I'm trying not to actually. Yeah, there's a coffin supply uh, store <laughs> on uh, on site. <laughs> For okay, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so our fighters, yeah, they they don't wear those cute panties like the uh, UFC gladiators. No way. Uh-huh. We present our fighters just as the good Lord made them. How's that? Totally nude and smeared in motor oil. Okay. Yeah. And these fights are off the chain, Tom. Yeah. We've got punching, kicking, grappling, hidden weapons, attack dogs, fire hoses, electrified fences, random waves of darkness, alternating between extreme heat and extreme cold, fighters taking unidentified medications, you know, just like they used to do in the original Olympics back in Greece. Yeah, that sounds just like... Taken from the original Olympics. Same deal. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask, Matthew, where where would you even hold one of these fights? Well, you know, I can't exactly say where, but I can tell you that they're held on an abandoned oil tanker somewhere in international waters. Uh-huh. And get this, the tanker is slowly sinking, so there's that element, too. Wow, that's... Super gripping stuff, right? Oh, it sounds so... Yeah, okay. It is. It's a narrative that all sports fans are, are just dying to see, and, and kids are going to love it, too. Kids? Oh, yeah. I don't, well, I, I wouldn't exactly peg that as being kid-friendly. I think they will. And, uh-huh. you know, Tom, it's jo- it's not just the fighting that we show. We go behind the scenes to to uh, show a glimpse into the private lives of the fighters. Okay, like like what's that? what's that like? Well, if you like footage of incredibly cut, very boastful, yet intensely emotionally damaged 30-year-old men who have cobras tattooed on their chests, crying in the arms of their brash, yet totally afraid stripper girlfriends, while their unattended toddlers cry in a nearby bedroom, you're going to love this show. I don't know if that sounds like a show that's... You don't like any of that stuff? Those might not be my elements. Hmm. I don't know. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll watch a season of it. I hope you do. We'll get you a screener. Sure. Please you know. please do. You like reality shows, though, right? Oh, I love reality shows. Are you kidding? Then you're going to love the real dry cleaners of Newbridge. What, what is that? I'll tell you, man, this thing, this thing is excitement personified. The RDON has it all. Drama, laughter, first-degree burns, you name it. Okay. Yeah. 
there's this one heated exchange between a dry cleaner and a customer over this jacket that was meant to be dry cleaned but ended up washed, rendering the garment unwearable. And you're never going to guess what happens. Never? I could never guess it? Yeah, never. Uh, can I try? Okay, we're going to be here all night. Uh-huh. Does the uh, dry cleaner reimburse the customer for the damaged uh, garment? Did you get a screener of this? No, that's just what ha- that's what happens when at a dry cleaner when when that when a garment gets damaged. Oh, well, okay, Mister Dry Cleaner Expert. There's this other scene that I found very, very hard to watch where this woman gets in a huge fight with a dry cleaner over a pair of culottes that the cleaner has no record of ever receiving, doesn't know anything about it. It's a total Latino dry cleaner standoff, just like in the old Western movies. Uh Uh-huh. And it goes somewhere you're never going to expect. No way. Um, Okay. Well, I mean, again, can I try? Yes. You said that sh- that they have no record of ever receiving the culottes? Yes. Did she by any chance go to the wrong dry cleaner? Rhonda, did you send Tom a screener? I didn't get a, sc- a screener. She, she says no. Yeah. I, I, I'm, You're a great guesser, man. I should make a, a show about you called The Guesser. The Guesser in the black polo shirt. Well, you know, I'm, I'm here. I like it. I like it. Hey, I think you're going to like cool wedding follow-ups. Cool wedding follow-ups. What is cool wedding follow-ups? Yes. This is a show where we meet people who had really, really cool, outrageous, and fun weddings. Weddings that, by all appearances, occurred solely so the bride and groom could post photos and garner likes on various social media platforms. Okay. And and uh, so you're 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 talking to the people who did these weddings. Yes, yeah. And like, what what are you finding when you interview those people who? Well, you're never going to believe this, but it turns out they're all struggling with the reality that that their actual married lives are nowhere near as much fun or as cool as their weddings. Huh? I never would have thought that that would be where that would end up. Yeah, and most of them are looking outside of their marriages already for oh, companionship. That's, depre- that's the most depressing thing I've ever heard. Welcome to life, Tom. Uh, well, I, I thank you for welcoming me. I, I might turn around. Okay. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get out of the depression mode that yeah. we're in and get can into we, some fun, all right? Can we, please? Yes, we got yeah. some great game shows coming up. <laughs> okay, like what? Eddie Trunk's Ego Trunk. Okay, what is that? Well, contestants watch Eddie Trunk, who, of course, we know and love as, as the, uh, the, the only face of, uh, of hard rock and heavy metal. Sure. Contestants watch Eddie Trunk interview famous heavy metal artists and predict how long it will be before Eddie tells the interview subject that the famous person the interview subject has just mentioned is a, quote, good friend, quote, just texted me, or, quote, invited me to come see them in Vegas. Okay. Yeah, and if there's a tie, they wager on how soon Eddie will tell his interview subject about his own experiences getting interviewed, quote, all the time. Okay. 
Yeah. And then the winner gets to open one of these three solid steel trunks, one of which contains $10,000. Not bad. No, that's not bad. So there's three trunks. Yes. And one has $10,000. And what, yes. what are, what's in the other two trunks? Well, the one contains a pile of John 5 CDs, and the other contains a pile of these extra-large uh, UFO T-shirts. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Uh-huh. It's testing well so far. Yeah. Sounds like a winner. Yeah. We also have uh, Musics Only, which is where John Legend and Dave Grohl compete to see who can be in the most things. We've got uh, Nick Cave's Man Cave, uh, who wants to be Robin Thicke's youngest girlfriend. <laughs> Uh-huh. That sounds like a winner. It is. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just waiting for Rhonda to give me some, bring me a coffee. Is that coffee coming? I just gave her that stare, that, that boss stare that I'm sure you give to. What's the guy's name? Mark out there in the hallway? Mike. Guy you keep in the hallway? Mike. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Another great, uh, great game show? Yeah. Blue Check Hotel. Blue Check Hotel. What is that? This is a show that Jake Fogelness brought to show. Do you know Jake? I do. Great guy. Yeah. Tons of ideas. Tons of ideas. So here's how this goes. Twelve aspiring social media stars are all crammed in a boutique hotel, but only one will leave the house verified. Uh, ver like verified on social media? Exactly, yes. Okay. Everyone's dream. So, oh, Blue Check Hotel. I get it now. Yes. Okay. Maybe we should call something else. I thought that would be that would be a, uh, a pretty apparent. Uh huh. No, no, it sounds good. Okay. Maybe we should call it the Hotel Verification. I like Blue Check Hotel. All right. So we don't know who's who's going to end up verified. Will it be the apparently sweet yet incredibly mean girl who writes funny songs on a ukulele, or will it be the Bonavere looking guy who we're not sure if he's a Nazi? Okay. Wow. We don't know. Yeah. That sounds intense. And Jake hosts it? He does, yes. Okay. Can I, I, I mean, does he have a catchphrase? Uh, you gotta guess you know, what it is. Because every one of these shows needs to have a catchphrase. That's the yeah. one thing, like, you're the weakest link. Or like. Well, pick me one. For Jake? Yes. On this? Yes. Like when they're do the is the, does each episode end with kind of like a, a a tribunal or something like that? Yes, and keep in mind Jake is wearing a Devo shirt in every episode. Okay. Um. Does he smash a framed, ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous stains poster over the head of anybody who loses? Grace, I I, I swear I'm going to fire you if you sent this clown. A screener. I'm, I'm serious. But that's not a catchphrase, though. That's not. I know, but of... how do you know that he did that? I just, I just know Jake. That's me just knowing Jake. All right. What, what is his catchphrase? Do you not have a catchphrase for him? There's not one. No. Can I pitch one? I'm ready. Yeah. Oh, okay. What if he says? To someone who loses, that they have to check out of the hotel. I love it. That's great. And check then he smashes. The then he smashes uh, a framed uh, Times Square poster over their heads. Perfect. Perfect. 
Well, it looks like we have a 23rd co-executive producer on board now. Congratulations. Thank you. I'll have Rhonda send over the paperwork. That's great stuff. Great work. Do you ever worry that the credits are so long in these shows that they might spill into the next show? Well, that's going to be the problem when we get the Getty Gulag rolling. It's going to come after it. Okay, what is that? Well... In the Giddy Gulag, the contestants are in a Russian gulag, and the first person to find and post a photo of themselves bearing a Getty Images watermark gets to leave. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that, that's, a, that's a, a very original premise. It is, and those who don't yeah. make it out, they, have to, uh, and they end up eating each other. Oh. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty sick. That is sick. Yeah. Look, I've brought the mood down again. Let's let's bring it up, okay? Some levity, right? Yeah, I love it. We, we've got some great scripted laughers, Tom. Like what? Uh, we had this new show called Bill and Jill. Okay. Bill and Jill. What is that? This is, as far as I know, the world's first series 100% based on and written according to focus group data. Okay. Like, what, what is it about? Tom, I'm going to be very honest. This thing is so bland, predictable, and edgeless, even I don't know what it is. I think Bill works at a supermarket, and I think Sheila's a stay-at-home mom, and I think they have two kids, but I started watching it, and I got a really bad headache ten minutes in, and then I just had to turn it off and just kind of go lay on the couch. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And, My but, bad for ordering a hundred episodes. Yeah, I, I'm. You maybe should have watched ten minutes of it before you pulled the trigger on that there, kind of investment. There, there wasn't time. I, 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 I was too busy knee deep in the show I'm about to tell you about. Which is what? Tom, I'm sure you remember one of Shout's most beloved sitcoms from the early 2000s, The Reggae Kid. Do you remember it? Oh yeah, of course. It was uh, about a kid from uh, from Jamaica who, yeah. was, who was Jackie, I think, right? Was it Jackie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He stowed away with an American family when they were going back to the United States and then lived with them in upstate New York. So this, this kid, this Jamaican kid, ends up in a, in a, a real uptight family. Yeah. It, it's a real tropical fish out of water story. Yeah. Tom? Uh-huh. Are you ready for the reggae adult? I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for the reggae adult. What is well, come on. Let me lay it out for you. Okay. All right. It's 15 years later, and Jackie finds that being an adult is really hard. He, he, he finds himself with so much less time for reggae. The reggae has to take a back seat to, you know, bills, family, and all these other obligations. And the worst part? Yeah. He has to trim his dreads per Uber's orders. Per Uber, per Uber's, per Uber, per Uber's orders. So he makes his living driving for Uber. He does, yeah, yeah. And this leads me to my absolute favorite show of the spring season. Okay, what what is that show? Per Uber's orders. Per Uber's per Uber's orders. So we're so, so reggae adult is your favorite show of the. Upcoming season? What are you on about? No, I'm talking about Per Ubu's Orders. What is that? What is Per, Ubu, per Ubu's Orders? 
Well, I'm never going to nutshell as good as I did earlier on in this call, so I'll, I'll have to take a little longer with this one. Okay, here, here we go. Two U.S. Army generals knock on the front door of an unassuming house in present-day Cleveland. Okay, got it so far? Uh-huh. A very large man wearing a very small hat and holding an even smaller accordion answers the front door. Yeah. It's post-punk pioneer David Thomas, and behind him stand Tony Mamone, Scott Krause, and Alan Ravenstein. So it's the band Perubu. Yes! Okay. Yes. The boys in the band are getting ready to embark on a much-anticipated reunion tour. But the Army officers have some very, very bad news. What, what, what is the bad news? Well, it turns out that the Ubu boys were all sent draft notices in 1975, like the last draft notices having to do with the Vietnam War. Okay. Because it ended in, in 75. Yeah. And these notices were lost in the basement of, of the post office in Cleveland. Now, fast forward to 2017, the post office gets torn down and the notices are found. Okay. Now, Tom, as we all know, there's no statute of limitations on murder or the selective service, right? Okay, I'll take your word for that. So the boys have no choice but to go to basic training. Uh-huh. You keep calling them the boys. I do. Uh-huh, but they're actually, they must be in their mid-60s. Yeah, I think they're all about 67. Uh-huh. So so they're going to, you said, basic training? Yes. In the Army? Yeah, down, down in, uh, uh, what's it called? It, it, it's in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Was that Fort Lejeune? No, that's Marines. I don't know. So that's insane. Well, it it is. I mean, it, it's it's fun to watch, though. See, the boys have to do everything their 18-year-old fellow privates have to do. You know, pull-ups, rope climbing, you know, all that stuff. Uh, weight training, you name it. Somehow David Thomas gets to march while he's in a chair. Okay. Quite a visual. Sound, it sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. The real hilarity starts when the boys get shipped out to South Korea. <laughs> okay. Please, please go on. Well, I'm not going to tell you too much about it, but I can guarantee you it's a whole different kind of non-alignment pact when these old coots get sent to the DMZ. That's the tag. That's the tagline. Like, that's on the posters. Wow. That's... How do you spell coots? Because I think it's C-O-O-T-S, but the poster is spelled C-O-U-T-S. I think you have it right. I think your gut, it's it's C-O-O-T-S. But it's written in such a way, I, I, I should have signed off on this font, but I didn't get to see it. Coots looks like another word. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, no. Yeah, so, that's bad. Should have... I can't do all these jobs, you know. I, I got so much going on, but you know, it, it, it's it's it, it's it's a good feeling once it all gets done, well, you know, correctly be. or not. Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing. What's that? Per Uber's orders. Yeah. It's being directed by Judd Apatow. Wow. Yeah. Judd Apatow. That's a huge get for no, for a show. No. Get. Not not Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow. Judd Appletoe. Yes, you know him, right? No, I don't know oh. Judd Appletoe. Oh, my God, yes. He's a former porn director trying to go straight. He did, uh, oh God, what's he done? Uh, he did Skank Factors 5 through 12, uh, The Orgasms of Madison County, and The Crotch Doctors. Why? Oh, I don't want to. 
I didn't know Judd Appletoe. Say I didn't know again. I love it. Oh, I didn't know Judd Appletoe. I think I think we can do a show based on I didn't know. It's almost like that Urkel line. What, what was his line? I didn't do Urkel? that ass. Is that what he said? Urkel would say... What was Urkel's line? I Urkel's think it was, line, did I didn't I, no, do was, that. It was, it was, did I do that? No, that's just offensive, Tom. How dare you? Did I do that? See, that's better. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, I'm glad I got it right. Way more respectful. Uh-huh. Oh, damn it. What, what? Oh, Jesus. I just got this urgent text from the side of the Midler. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's looking like President Trump is going off on tonight's special guest. Okay, who's that? Andy Kindler. Uh-huh. Yeah. The comedian. Yeah, the comedian in my book. Uh-huh. Oh, it, it seems Trump really got offended by Andy's joke about Trump having a golf cart that runs on Trump's lust for his own daughter. Okay, well, yeah. that's... Look, it's good stuff. It's a good joke. It sounds, it sounds like a top-notch... <laughs> joke. I'm laughing right now thinking like, about it. And well, I didn't drop that pencil either. It's Prime Kindler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's a great show. Tom, you're going to be my partner one day. You're coming up with these great ideas. Prime Kindler. What if it's called Kindler? What if it's called? What if it's called the Kindler and he and he, he helps people when they go camping? I love like it. It's like Kindler? Yeah, that's, like, that's the tag on the poster. Kindler, but it's W... You, how do you spell wood? W-O-U-L-D, question mark, like kindling wood. Yeah. Well, the wood, that wood would be spelled W-O-O-D. Okay, this relationship's over. I don't, I don't, I think you're already trying to undermine me, which I really hate. All right, I'm sorry. I just was trying to make sure the word was spelled correctly. Well, look, I forgive you. I think we should, we should rekindle this relationship, no pun intended. Yeah. Okay. So what, oh boy! What? Oh no! What? What is it? Oh, uh, it looks like Trump is whipping Andy Kindler with his giant white golf short shirt, and he's 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 been dipping it in this like really cold ice water, and I guess he's t- been twirling the 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 huge white tent of a shirt over his head, and then slamming it down uh, onto Andy's bare haunches. I guess somehow his his haunches have been exposed. Oh no! Poor Andy. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I got to get on a plane and get over there, okay, to rescue this kid, Kindler, all right? Uh-huh, okay. Uh, okay, uh, well, I thank you for letting me share the bountiful good news of, of the upcoming shout season with you and your listeners. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the heads up for this stuff, and I'm going to keep watching. You are a true friend for life. Well, it's nice. We've talked seven times in the last 15 years, and that's, I don't know how tall uh, you are. Um... Yeah, I'm over six foot. Oh, my goodness. Okay, that sounds <laughs> strange. Um, it's okay. not that rare. Right, bye-bye. Uh, uh, have a safe flight. All right, bye-bye. Oh, okay. There he goes. Matthew Tompkins. A lot of stuff, huh, Mike? A lot of shows. What's that? Always a favorite of yours. Glad to hear it. Always a favorite of Mike's. Best show. Hey, Tom. How are you? I'm well. To whom am I speaking? Uh, this is Evan in Canada. How are you? 
Um, what's going on? It's uh, not a whole lot. What's going on with you, Evan? Oh, I had something for the topic, actually. The topic being, what are some of the dumb things you thought when you were a kid? So when I was a kid, there was a small window of time where I listened to Weird Al Yankovic, and I didn't realize that his stuff was parody. I thought it was maybe comedy at the time, and I didn't know the songs that he had parodied. And I think specifically it was for... The album he had, the Food album. The Food album. Yeah, I think he had more than one of those. <laughs> he has songs about. He's had songs about food through a lot of his career. The food. Maybe, what, Go ahead. Was it the greatest hits then? The, the oh, one no. I heard. What was the specific song? What was the specific song you remember hearing and then suddenly going? Wait a minute. That's Weird Al's song. And then somebody was what? like, no, that's not Weird Al's song. That's the original song. Weird Al does a funny version of it. I think the biggest one was, and nobody told me, I just realized, was I think it was I Love Rocky. Well, his song was I Love Rocky Road, but it was, of course, I Love Rock and Roll. That's right. Was the original. The, the Joan Jett and the Black Hearts song. Yeah. And, I mean, that ages me, of course, but... But um, I, don't know, I wasn't devastated, but I definitely, you know, it was my introduction to music uh, was Weird Al because, you know, uh, that's the cassette tape that got passed around at the time, not Joan Jett. Um, so that that's was, all right. Look, you get in, you get into the good stuff. However, you get into it. Yeah, Weird Al's a good start. He's a good, good uh, quality guy. Great musicianship. Uh, funny songs. I think I would pick his songs 50-50 from the originals. Like 50% I would take his songs. What's one you would take the Weird Al version of over the original? Uh, On the same album, uh, Taco Grande uh, as opposed to Rico Suave. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So you're not a big Uh, fan of uh, Rico Suave, the the, uh, Gerardo song. No, and then Rico uh, <laughs> Suave. <laughs> I thought that and guy was there, cool. I thought Rico, uh, Rico. I thought Gerardo was cool. I actually don't. I know that I don't know the artist. I know the song from that, but and I think from there's a certain point in time, probably you know 1998. I would take. Any Weird Al song of any parody he's done to the song that he parodied, I would take his song instead mm-hmm. for a long, long, long time. Up until now and ongoing, I think I would, I would take Weird Al. Rico. Do you remember when this guy Gerardo, he actually, um, the first time I heard him was he was, he was playing with, um, a lot of like the, the poor, poor strong factory noise guys in Japan uh, Keiji Haino I remember he was uh, I think he was on a high rise record and then he went solo well, was international and then international he was yeah look can't hold him back bro alright thanks for the that's a good one thanks for the call thanks, buddy. Tom. No me venga con tenura, so please don't 
judge a book by its cover. There's more to being a lover. You gotta know how to deal with a woman that won't let go. The price you pay for being a gigolo. Best show. Oh, hi, Tom. How are you doing? I'm well. To whom am I speaking? Uh, my name is Aaron, and uh, I live in San Francisco, but I'm calling you from Los Angeles right now. Well, what's your name again, Junior? Uh, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N. Are you, can you hear me? I can, I can. What's up, Okay, buddy? great. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, your caller a little while ago touched on, well, first of all, I'm calling about the topic, and... Um, which yeah, is what's the topic? Up. What's the topic again? Um, the topic is you know things that I thought when I was a kid, you know that were dumb or you know yeah. misguided. Yep. Um, your your caller a while ago touched on uh, the band. Yes, he mentioned Chris Squire, and um, you know I grew up in a religious household, and we weren't really allowed to have music. But when I went over to kids' houses that had good record collections, I, I kind of was really taken with this one record. Um, by yes, called uh, nine oh uh, one two two one five or one two five. I can't remember of course. It's one or two. The classic. But they, uh, you know, and then afterwards, I started seeing some videos, and then one night I saw the whole concert. I think it was billed as nine oh one two live. Yes, the classic. Yeah, uh, do you are, are you familiar with this uh, concert? With by that any concert, chance? I remember that yeah. was them doing it live, and if I remember one point in the show, they did. Remember that song? Right? Remember that? One down, one to go, another town, and one more show. Right? Remember that song? What's that song called again? Leave it! Leave it! It's called Leave It. There you go. You know, I have a hard time because... I think I really picked up with Yes when they become a, a pop group, you know, and I believe when Trevor Rabin grew sure. in the group. But the thing yeah. that I thought when I was a kid that I was completely wrong about was that the outfits they were wearing, I thought they were really cool. A lot of rags. A lot of rags, but um, Chris Squire looks like a, a cockatoo dressed up as a doctor for Halloween. That's funny. That was when everybody just, like, was into, like, shredded clothes. Exactly, yeah, um, uh, John Anderson looks like he went through a paper shredder, um, but, uh, okay, so they, they just got on the Rock Hall of Fame, and I was talking to my friend, and I was trying to find a picture of the doctor, and strangely, I couldn't really find a clear one, um, but I did come across a picture of Chris Squire where he's wearing a jacket that appears like he has piles of, uh, feces as shoulder pads. Have you seen this jacket? I remember, I don't remember specifically that jacket, but I do remember how crazy the jackets were. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it, so I pulled up 90125 online to see the, um, outfits, and then I really, I forgot all about this, but I, uh, Wakeman was long gone from the group, but, uh, their new was. keyboard player, uh, he looked like Jeff a grandpa in, in yoga pants. Hey, um, that's Jeff Downs you're talking about. Well, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend him, but, uh. the buggles. If he, but, uh, but what about the drummer Alan White? He looks like, um, he's on, on um, straight off the set of Flashdance. Mm-hmm. He's got, he's got like these shoulder pads with rhinestones and, uh, I don't, I, but the coolest one in his outfit was still terrible was Trevor Rabin. I don't know if you remember that. 
I don't. I don't remember the specific outfits from 9021 Live. <laughs> well, that's what I was um, misguided about. But at the same time, Van Halen, I believe, had was beginning the Hagar Everyone, era. But just think about this, okay. Aaron. Everyone had yes. these shredded clothes. The police, yeah. remember when they did the, their video for Synchronicity and they're wearing their shredded clothes? And then you had... Uh, Yes, wearing their shredded clothes. Every, why was everybody in shredded clothes? I don't know. I, I, I'm wondering what started the shredded clothes trend. I remember I thought it was, I had a shirt that kind of came halfway down at that time. It didn't quite cover my stomach, and that was perfectly acceptable as a 10-year-old boy for some reason. Eh. So I don't know. That, it was like cut in half. Not Everything really. was like It's not that. What, what, that what, are you, what are you, uh, what, what, what were you, uh, playing for, what, are you playing for the Jets? At that point, <laughs> what 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 are you, Mark Gastineau? Yeah, that, right? it was like the Gastineau look. Exactly, yeah. it was yeah, the no. Gastineau look. But it, but um, I remember at that time I also wore like uh, shell necklaces. You know, like that were. Uh, well, you eight. sounded like a mess. No offense, you sounded like uh, yeah. you, were, you you sounded like uh, you were uh, you were caught in a fire, and the only thing you could do, in a hot topic, and you just started putting things on to put the flames out. I think this was about a decade before Hot Topic, though. Uh, when out. was it? Uh, so, uh, me, I think uh, 90205 was, uh, I believe, 84. Well, Mike, was Hot Topic around then? Mike's family started Hot Topic. What, what year was that, Mike? Mike says 78. They oh, started wow. the Hot okay, Topic. Okay, well, there wasn't, there wasn't one in my town then, I guess. Because uh, Mike's, fa- my- Mike's family, and not a lot of people know this. Do you ever hear Spencer's Gifts? I used to hang out at Spencer's. Mike's middle name is Spencer. It's named after him. Is that right? It is totally true. I'm not making this up. And the thing he wanted when he was a kid, and he'll tell this story. I've heard him tell it on business podcasts before. Um, He wanted a gift that was a bank that you could put money in and then the guy's pants would fall down when you'd put coins in and then he would uh, uh, squirt wee-wee on you (laughs) when you'd put money in. So then his family got him that as a gift and then that led to them realizing that there was a whole untapped market for this. So then they opened Spencer's, Mike, Spencer, his gifts. There was those well, gifts, and Mike picked a fair amount of those things out. Fart spray. I was going to say, poverty I was, sucks me posters. and a friend of mine were, a friend of mine and I were thrown out of a Spencer's for having a fart spray war. Yeah, Mike, Mike store. probably uh, was watching you from a security camera. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> wow, that's uh, fascinating. I can't, uh, yeah. You ever see I the, you ever see the poster, poverty sucks? Mike, des- I, Mike designed I that. I have seen that. That was Mike designed that. I, I the, wow, I'm, I'm speechless. That's I crazy, remember the, right? Yeah, I remember the poster section. Well, I remember hanging out. We literally, we were drawn, you go in the mall, you're like, you see Spencer's and you just, I don't know. It's like a magnet. We were just drawn yeah. to it. It's a magnet, yeah. That's why, that's why Mike, and look. Does he have any of the Spencer's gifts money now? No, he doesn't. It's a huge, 
Huge betrayal. His twin brother totally stabbed him in the back. Forced him out. Mike is now allergic to fart spray. <laughs> he could die if somebody sprayed it. He, he was exposed to so much of it, his immune system is completely compromised. He just coughed. <laughs> I even mean mentioning it. He's coughing out there. Mike, I don't, we don't have any. Don't worry. He, well, I- he didn't get a cent of that money. And that's why he really looks at this apmike.bandcamp.com as being a way to lay the groundwork for a kind of a return. And he's hoping to get fart spray up there on apmike.bandcamp.com. And he's going to sell his headshots. He'll write poverty sucks on them. Well, I'm sorry to hear he lost out on the Spencer's fortune. I'm sure that they, uh, I can just imagine what kind of money they made off the edible underwear. Oh, no, he'll say $800 million is what he was supposed to have. $800 million. $800 million, and he has none of it. I, you know, I uh, within the last 10 years, I, w- I did go into a Spencer's. It was, there was one in a mall in Orange County. I, I, is that... I swear it was within the last 10 years. Is that... Are they totally oh, he was out of it by then. Or? He was out of it by then. He was out of it by then. But do they still even exist? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they'll, they'll look. Are you here? You want to set Mike off? Yeah. Yeah, tell him oh, you okay, went I'm through fine. the mall. Tell right. him you went to the... All you got to even mention is the mall. And that's all it takes. Oh, yeah. 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 Because he's Spencer. That's why it drives him nuts. <laughs> Wow. Thanks for the call, Chief. Uh, Sorry to dredge that up, Mike. You can, you, you're right? You wanna, you wanna leave early? You sure? You can. You should. <laughs> Seriously, leave early, Mike. Seriously, Mike, you're out of here. No, of course not. It's very sad. Poor Mike. I want to say this. You know I've talked over the last bunch of years about my fantasy basketball, right? Right? You know I've uh, been in the league for uh, seven or eight years. Well, the last four years, I made it to the finals and would lose in the finals every time. I would lose. I mean, I lost in the finals three times in a row. Now, why did I not say I lost four times in a row? Well, you know why? Because I won. You now call me champion with this fantasy basketball league. And I'll say this. This fantasy basketball, you update your team every day on that. It's not, it's not football where you're like, you set your lineup once a week, then you don't touch it. You're riding this the team, uh, the the wire, every day from October to April. And I did it. And I'll just say, going to the finals four times in a row, even if I lost this year, that 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 just shows, uh, dare, dare I say, greatness. To to be top two four years in a row, it's consistency. Consistent greatness.
for them to win it all. I just think that speaks for it. That just, it's all time greatness. Now, and people just have to realize it's all time greatness. And there's, there's others who were in the league who listened to this show. This guy, not Giamatti used to live. He, he, he's, I think he still listens to the show. He, um, He won a couple of years ago. Now his team is he's he's a hundred miles from the playoffs every time. He, he couldn't he couldn't uh, he couldn't buy a ticket to watch the playoffs. Not me. In in and I won it all. So now you call me champion. You call me champion, and what did I do? I celebrated the one night. And celebrating was not really celebrating. The next day, combing the waiver wire, getting ready for next season. Back at it. I told all the players on my team who I have never met, guys, you don't know me. None of this is real. It's all statistical. I'll never meet you. You actually play basketball. I assemble rosters based on statistics. But you should have seen me. I did it. The only things I got this year, my dog and this theoretical championship. No, no money. They sent me a nice uh, edible arrangements. And I sat on on the weekend, Mike. I sat there watching the NBA playoffs started this weekend. I sat there and I ate that edible arrangements. I tell you, I felt like a king. My dog looked on as I was just like, you wouldn't like this. You don't like fruit. My dog's looking at me, wondering when. I was like, you don't want pineapple. Strawberries, you don't want these. Here, fine, here's a melon. See, you didn't eat it. You didn't eat it. Now I dropped a melon ball on the floor. You didn't even eat it. Now I wasted a whole melon ball. You didn't even eat it. Best show. Hi, Tom. Yes, hi. This is Alex in St. Paul. Hello. Hi, Alice. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I got one for the topic. What do you got? When I was a young boy, uh, my dad watched or showed, showed me Star Trek II. Are you familiar with Star Trek II? That's the Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Uh, there's this thing that Khan has. An alien, it's like this alien worm. You pull the little worms out of the mama worm, and you put the baby worms in people's ears, and then you mm. control their actions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought the mama worm was a pine cone, and uh, we had a pine tree in my yard, and I, I had to go out the door, the back door, so I didn't have to go past the pine cones. 
Wait, hold hold on now. You thought that the worm in the movie was a, yeah. was a pine cone. I'm yeah. looking at it now. Ricardo Montalban is pulling. He's reaching with tongs. So it looks like an armadillo. Kind of. Looks yeah. like Tark looks like Tarkus. Oh, it does look like Tarkus. Now he's pulling worms off of this giant worm. Like this giant thing has worms in it. It's got yeah, I I don't it lays eggs out of like little vents in the side. Little spikes. Yeah. So I was afraid see, if I went too near the pine hold cone. On, hold on one second. Enter through the ears and wrap themselves around the cerebral cortex. Uh, this has the effect of rendering the victim extremely susceptible to uh, yeah, sure. suggestion. Later, as they grow... This guy can't act. How'd this guy ever get a, a, a job? I tell you. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I ain't got nothing going on. And the guy like this was figuring out which mansion he wanted to stay in. The rich Corinthian leather money. Yeah, this guy can't act. It's the worst acting I've ever seen. If it were up to me, Tom, I'd, I'd hire you, well, of course you over would. him. No, but it's not. You're not, because you're smart. People who can hire are dumb. I'm going to say this. I thought I was on the way out. I thought I, I thought I was on. I think I'm on. I think I am on the way out with this. Not with the best show. I love the best show. It's all I got. It's this best show. It's all I got. The other thing, can't get arrested. Can't get arrested with this other stuff. I'm gonna. So I think I'm done. I think I'm out. I think I'm out before they before they the door hits me. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna just say I'm out. Right. No. Uh, that would, that's one way to look at it. I, other stuff I can, I can see do. how you'd get to that point. Well, well what else? Can, I can do other stuff, right? Yeah. Well, what can I do? What can I do? You got a book in you? I do have a book in me, right? I'd buy it. Yeah. What if I wrote a book, right? You know who has a book in them, Mike? I want Mike to write. No, no kidding, Mike. You know I want you to write a book. I've told you over and over. I think you should you should write you should be writing longer stuff. I think you got great stories. You got you got a great way with words. But look, not worry about Mike. He makes one call. He if he calls his twin brother and tells him that he's ready to go back to the family business. The guy'll make Mike He'll he'll make he'll make Mike uh, polish some uh, water pipes, you know, for tobacco, right? Yeah. He'll make him polish a couple of those, and maybe spray him in the face with uh, one of those banks, the thing that made them get the family business going in the first place. And it'll make Mike stare at a black light poster of Jim Morrison <laughs> for a while, right? He'll get paid for that. No, then he'll be back on the board of directors at Spencer's Gifts. <laughs> and you know the worst thing? Mike's twin brother's name is Nike. That's... Nike. Huh. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Mike and Nike. 
Do you know what their Do you know what their thinking on that was? I don't know. The whole Spencer's gift thing. It's it's the. He just he could he could have he'd be swimming in 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 uh, in uh, old Christina Aguilera posters, unsold Christina Aguilera posters, right? Yeah. Back in business, dirty Zodiac, right? <laughs> dirty blacklight Zodiac posters. Skull banks, right? Skull candles. This sort of thing really interesting people have in their homes. Yeah. Stop signs. <laughs> Not real stop signs, though. That's illegal. No. Well, thank you for the call, buddy. Thank you. So who's scared of the pine cones? Who's scared of pine cones because of Wrath of Khan? That is... That's a good one. Then that is exactly where a kid's mind goes. Yeah, I got nothing. I don't know. I'm out. You don't want me? You know what? I don't want you. It's fine. I'm not here to beg in this life. I'm not here to beg. Best show. Hi, Tom. This is Kat from Raleigh. Kat from Raleigh. What's up, Kat? Well, of course I had to call with when you're doing redoing the topic. That was the topic I picked for every topic ever. Which was? When I was a kid. Yeah. What, but a, I got plenty more. Yeah. No, no. What, what, uh, what, uh, now we're just talking about just the dumb things you do. The dumb things when you thought when you were a kid. Because kids... Kids' minds—they go to the place like that guy thought the pine cone was the was the the thing is the a- a- alien from the Star Trek movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't think checks. I thought I didn't understand the concept of writing a check. I didn't think I didn't think it was like money. I thought you could just write checks. Huh. Just be like, yeah, write a check. But we don't have enough money for that. Well, just write a check then. I think Disney made a movie about that in the 90s. What was that called? Blank Check? Yeah. You some um, they took a again. They got me again. Now I huh. know how Mike feels. This whole Spencer's Gifts thing. Huh. So No, that's a lot what, of So what did you think? Well, do you have anything you thought, Cat? Okay, well, I don't know if this is like so much misunderstanding, but like it's, I guess, kind of humorous, but, like, a lot of my misunderstandings from when I was a kid had to do with mishearing things because it's weird that, I mean, I've always had really good hearing, but I've also, but, like, my processing is a little wonky. I mean, it's, I'm, I mean, I'm autistic, and that's pretty common among us autistics to get, like, things kind of jumbled up. Like, for example, um, I remember when, I was eight years old. My dad thought I was finally big enough to, like, know about some serious issues, especially because um, they were having, like, a mock governor's election in my elementary school. And he said that I should be careful about supporting one candidate because he was in favor of assault weapons. I misheard it as salt weapons. And so 
for a few years, I wondered, okay, some people, I guess, put salt on their guns and use them like that. Okay. So you thought that it was a salt weapon, which, ironically now, there is a literal salt weapon that you can use to get flies. That you pour salt into this, like, this, like, air gun, and it just sprays salt at flies. Hmm. <laughs> I know that salt's bad for slugs. I didn't know about flies. Well, it just hurts them. It just launches it at them and just kills them. Oh. I guess that'd be, like, a less toxic than, like, pesticides. Yes, it would be, and it's also a way to, to just not have to hit a fly with a fly swatter and have them smeared all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... And, go ahead. And yeah. then, of course, a problem... I mean, this might be more appropriate for another topic if you ever get around to it, but, like, misheard lyrics, I had a ton of them. Like, um... The most one that was taken out from most of my mind when I was real little was that I thought the Beach Boys song, Barbara Ann, was called Bop-A-Ram. I thought it was about going and hitting sheep. Bop-A-Ram. Yeah. Like bop, 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 a ram. Bop, bop, bop. That's actually <laughs> a better song. I think you, you just improved Barbara Ann. <laughs> because they don't pronounce it like that. I like but they should. And they, you know what? The Beach Boys would do anything at this point. You could get Mike Love in the studio to record Bop or Ram. You'd probably only have to send them some uh send them some gift with a Barnes and Noble gift card. Okay, but it has to be part of the deal that like since I go to NC State and our rivals at UMC have a Ram as their mascot that we use it as like a fight song against them. So you'd have to use, yeah. So what is the, well, you go to, you go to NC State. Yeah. Which, who's that dude from NC State, that coach? What's his name again? Oh, Valvano? Yeah. He's dead. Yeah, no, I know he's dead, but I didn't think he was currently coaching. But he's like the legendary coach from there, right? Is that? Yeah. Does his presence loom large over the school? Well, it does give us an inferiority complex because we haven't won a basketball championship in like 35 years almost, whereas the other two in the triangle are just rack them up. And I saw all these like people saying in Raleigh, it's like, go Heels, go Heels. Like, whose side are you on? Well, look, it's college sports. If you're outside of the campus, anything goes. And people like being next to winners. They like to root for winners. So they're, so they're gonna root Go Heels. Even if they're right, the NC State's in their backyard. They're gonna still root uh. for a winner. And if they're matched up against some school in a different state, they look at that as still being their team comparatively. Right? I suppose so, but I mean, like, I, I mean, I'm, I root for the underdog. Unless my team is not the underdog, but UNC isn't my team because I don't go there. Yeah, well, and UNC is no underdog ever. That's not an underdog school. That, that's, 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 look, I I, I got no uh, cotton I, I for for uh, college sports. 
Fair these enough. Kids, these kids should, the, the, the resources should be keeping kids in classrooms. Not with some fat cats making uh, billions of dollars off the back of a 19-year-old. And there have been some scandals in that regard, too. Yeah. I'm all for, I'll say this. Any kid, I watch this uh, documentary this on this uh, coach, uh, what's his face? What's that guy's name, Mike? The documentary that was just on ESPN, 30 for 30. What's his name? It's a, it's a coach, uh, what's his face? He coached the Nets. No, not from Seton Hall. Not, not that bearded bum. What's his face? Uh, guy looked like, uh, looks like the, like he's on a cough drop box. No, not that guy. <laughs> no, the guy, um, what's his name? You know his name. Not, not Rick Patino. But, uh, the what's his face? He co- no, he, co- he coaches uh, Kentucky now. Calipari. Yeah, and this guy, this coach Calipari, I salute this guy. Why? Because he's, he's turned college basketball into a complete mockery where he does this thing with this one-and-done program where they have a... Okay, I'm sorry. I Sorry, I sleep. have a vendetta I'm, against the entire state of Kentucky because they keep knocking out the teams of the schools that I go yeah. to. But don't worry, this guy'll be coaching for somewhere else in two years. He's like he's like a he's like a a, a soldier of fortune. He'll go wherever. Even this guy would this guy would coach uh, the the, uh, the uh, Al Qaeda if they had a university. He'd be mm-hmm. coaching there. This guy'll go anywhere where the check clears. This coach mm-hmm. Calipari. But the NBA did this thing where they're like, well, it's total collusion where they're like, cause kids would jump from the end, from, co- from high school right to pro basketball. And then the NBA and the college basketball are like, no, we can't allow that. So they got some weird collusion thing going to where kids had to go to school for one year. Totally fraudulent to make them do that. Think about this. Who are three of the greatest players in the NBA of the last 15 years? Oh, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Kevin Garnett. Between the three of them, not one minute of college. Who cares? They're going to play basketball. I would do the same thing. You think I'd go go near a college if I could play basketball like that? You couldn't pay me to get on a college campus. So this, the rule comes where these kids have to play one year. But if you're going to go pro, now you got to go play one year for some dumb school and you hope you don't blow your knee out and then miss out on all the money? So... This coach Calipari just grabs these kids who are going to the NBA next year and he puts these like mercenary teams together. So he's basically ruining college basketball and I love it. This guy's my hero because he's killing college basketball with these fall, with these fraudulent teams. So I like this guy, coach Calipari. And he always gets in trouble wherever he coaches. It gets like, stri- the team gets stripped of all the records also, cause everything was, and I'll say this, if I was a college athlete, you couldn't keep, my arms would be full with stuff all the, t- oh what, uh, oh, oh, some frozen steaks? Yeah, I'll take them. Oh, okay, free seafood dinner? Yeah, alright. Oh, I can borrow this car this weekend? Sounds great. I would take as many perks as they would get, I tell you. 
I would grab every perk I could get my hands on. Oh, a free download of a uh, new album? Yeah, okay. Oh, great. Oh, it's the, the, uh, it's a, uh, oh, this is cool. It's a, 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 a free access to the Coachella sound feed? Okay, yeah. Alright, give me the link. SoundCloud? Yeah, a free SoundCloud account? Okay. APMike.bandcamp.com, 30% off on all headshots? Okay. I would be grabbing everything that any of these boosters would throw at me. Oh, I did. The, the, why? Because now I got to do something. Oh, no, but you're disrespecting the sport. Oh, you mean the sport that signed that deal with CBS worth uh, $80 billion that I get none of? Drop dead college sports. That's what I say. Everyone for yourself. Everyone for yourself. Grab it. Grab it while you can. Because I'll tell you this. When it's gone, it's gone. You're talking to someone who's outside looking in right now. I wish I grabbed it and anything was not nailed down I would have grabbed. Evidently I've created a monster and even mentioning college. No, you didn't create nothing, Kat. You All you did was open the door. The monster was in there the whole time. You didn't um, create a monster. All you did was open the door and say, Want to come out on the side, monster? Can I mention, like, another, like, misunderstanding real quick sure. at the risk of possibly unleashing a different monster? Oh, let's see. Absolutely. Um, like, a lot of my misunderstandings when I was a kid came from, like, things I heard on, like, classic rock radio when my parents were driving. And for a little bit, like, when I was younger, I thought that uh, the song Do It Again by Steely Dan was by Santana. Yeah, that's because that's who they were ripping off when they did it. There was a cheap knockoff of a Santana song. It sounds like third-rate Santana. Right, Mike? That's on Do It Again. That you were, you were actually smart as a kid to think that was Santana because that's what it sounded exactly like. Everyone is shocked when they find out that's Steely Dan. Hmm. I guess I guess I'm sort of amazed at like like having been like even aware of that kind of thing, but like I tend to bond really well with people who know like trivia stuff at a very tender age. Where they just start remembering facts. Yeah. And they can't let go of the facts. I I hear you. I'm with you on that. They're my people. They are your people. Now cat Every line is lit up. Gotcha. I mean, I knew I was on the line for a while because no. I let the monster out. The monster's out. Can't get him. Can't get that toothpaste back in the tube. All right, yeah. Well, thank you for the call, Cat. I appreciate it. No problem. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Steely Dan. There you go, back, Jack. Do it again. Yeah. No thanks. Santana ain't that good. Not even ain't that good. They're not good. Well, the first album's good. Good enough. First two albums. The drummer is the best thing in Santana. Who's good here, Mike? Best show. Hi, this is Jefferson from Texas. Is this the champ? 
Why, yes, it is, Jefferton. How you doing tonight, Tom? I'm well. What's going on? Uh, I had something for the topic and a quick shout-out, if you'll indulge me afterwards. I would love to hear your shout-out. Uh, noted FOT and recent clown motel survivor Christopher Sabella has a uh, book that just came out called Demonic from Image Comics. Okay. I can't I can't remember the artists and the colors right now, but they're great. The book itself is really awesome. Uh, it's a really mean deconstruction of like a 90s uh, image concept from the guy that did The Walking Dead. Uh, pick it up if you if you're so inclined, which should be because you should like good things. And mm-hmm. Sabella has like a ton of awesome stuff out or about to come out soon. Yeah, he's got a Kiss and Vampirella crossover one shot coming out very soon that I'm very excited about. Uh, he just did a Space Ghost and Green Lantern crossover uh, here recently that was also very good. Okay. Uh, so he's he's done good. Yeah, got prom, uh, good. You know you know what all those things have in common. I get none of them sent to me. None of them. You just gave this guy a commercial. Uh, Harry's used to have to pay for uh, the amount of the tap dancing you just did. No, no, no. He's a, he's a very talented guy, though. He really is a talented guy. I'm glad to see, and he's. I I kind of slept on some of his early stuff, but uh, he co-wrote some issues of. All right, we get it. Oh, sorry. He's sorry, good. Sorry, sorry. Christopher Sabella is a very talented young man. What are you, his publicist? What are you, Sandy Wexler? You Sandy? Are you Sandy? Are you his Sandy? Sandy Wexler? Yeah, I've got the I've got the blue blockers and everything. I just want to say this: I watched Sandy Wexler the other night, right. and this is a this is an, ex, an an announcement. Get ready. What's your name again, kid? It's Justin, but you call me Jefferson. Jefferton. Hmm. Jefferton. <laughs> oh boy, you're an easy laugh. I'm sorry. I'm this sorry. Christopher I'll, Sabella I'll, I'll stuff might not in, be that good. You might just I'm be laughing the... at this Christopher Sabella. You'll laugh at anything. <laughs> and first of all, he's the guy who would call every week a year or so ago who stayed at the Clown Motel. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book about that? He did, yes. How's that book? I haven't read it just yet, but I'm I'm it, very excited to get a copy. I think it, my, my is, shop has one. Is it out? Um, Books that book think? out? Yeah, well, he didn't send me one of those either. <laughs> Mike just warned me if I if I cross the line, he's going to make toilet paper with my face on it. He still has some Spencer's Gifts connections. Don't do it, Mike. Don't you do it. Don't you do it, Mike. You hear me? Don't do it. I just told him they were gonna, you're gonna, you threatened to get in touch with your Spencer's Gifts contacts and make uh, toilet paper with my face on it. Cause he, you know. Yeah, so this guy's got this book out. He didn't get one of those. No, but I, they, yeah, by all means. You know, he called the show every week. Uh, no reason to send me one. Right? Why, why would you do that? Yeah. The one thing, the one talent he doesn't have is mailing things to people who promote his stuff. 
keeping a up to date Rolodex. He can do so much. Ta- he can do so much. He can write. He can he tells all these great comic book things. He's well, one skill after the next. On well, one one area, uh, not so good at getting an envelope and putting some books in it. Walking into the post office. Um. So anyway, I watched the Sandy Wexler. And now you know about the Patreon we're doing here. That's the only way you can uh, support The Best Show uh, is you go to patreon.com slash The Best Show and you give what you can. And at different levels, you get different things. And there's one very low level. You get uh, some exclusive audio. And we put a thing up a month ago. We're going to start putting a lot more up. One of the things that's going to go up, we're going to record something tonight. And in the next couple weeks, I'm launching a new series. And I'm not joking about this. It's called Body of Work. And why are you laughing? Well, I just, I'm excited about this because I'm a Patreon supporter. Yeah, what are you weird? You're laughing though. I'm yeah. trying not to, Tom. I'm very you're excited. Like, you're uh, like Ernest Borgnine in uh, I, Wild Punch. <laughs> Somebody shoots cabby? the guy. Goes, I'm cabby. <laughs> I'm just... We started laughing when that guy got shot. Weird. So. It's called Body of Work, and what we're going to do is focus on it. We're going to go episode by episode. We'll do one or two things from this per- from each person's life. The first two people, and we'll we'll run. We're not going to do them all in order. We'll bounce around from person to person. First two subjects, Lou Reed, because I just listened to every Lou Reed album over the last month and a half. Trust me. I listened to both discs of The Raven. <laughs> I'm going to say this. I appreciate what this guy did, and I can, we can talk about it now. Album by album, we'll go through his thing. And the other thing we're going to talk about, Adam Sandler. Movie by movie. What do you think about that? I'm very excited about this. The, the AMA was very funny. Yeah, no, it was. We're just getting started now. Just like in Happy Gilmore when he said, we've only just begun. Remember he said that? To mm-hmm. Shooter McGavin? Told him he's only just begun. Tell me you didn't get a little pumped up when he said that. Uh, probably because I was like 11. No. And I was very, very into no, Happy It's a great Gilmore. movie. That's why. Because Happy Gilmore is a great movie. You know it is. It still stands. I haven't watched it as an adult, but I'm sure it is well, very it is. funny. Yeah, it's great. Look, and Sandy Wexler had some good moments in it. I laughed a few times. More than I laughed at a bunch of things uh, that people respect. Right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't have... You got to see... I don't have any... Yeah, these movies. Oh, this is a funny movie. No, it's not. I laughed once. Everybody's shoving each other out of the way to say how funny it is. Right? No. Not laughing. I laughed at Sandy Wexler a few times. Look, is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. Hardly. But this is what we're going to talk about on the new show that's going to be exclusive to Patreon only. Body of Work! And it's going to be you and who else? A a rotating group of people. I'll bring different guests in. Even better. Yeah, exactly. It is even better. Not the same old stale-ass MFers, right? That old ass. You mean you got it like I like? No offense, I love these guys like they're brothers. 
Mike Dudio Pat. Tell me I need to hear. Mike say, I didn't like it. Oh, great. Yeah. Fresh spin. Guess what? Mike didn't like it. And then to hear Dudio. Oh, I thought it was great. Because Michael didn't like it. Dudio was going to say he liked it. Really? Dudio? You liked you liked Blended? You thought Blended was a great movie? I got to hear this. these two? No. We're gonna ro- they'll be in the mix. They'll definitely be in the mix. But we're going to rotate other voices in, too. Fantastic. Right? Yeah. And maybe we'll do, after that, we'll do the works of Christopher Sabella. <laughs> if I could ever get my hands on any of the stuff. Yeah, you just, you, you just wing it because you don't yeah. actually have any I, I, copies. Theoretical. I would just go on your description yeah. of how great everything is. Just ba- review them on the covers alone that okay. you look at them online. Yeah, and then I'll do a 45-minute commercial about all I'll have someone call up, do a 45-minute commercial promoting all of his things, and then I'll never see any of them. He's very nice to me on Twitter. And of that's, course that's he is. He's a it. nice guy. That's why. So what do you got, kid? Uh, as a as a child, my mom used to have a bunch of those Garth Brooks concert VHS tapes and mm. with all his videos and stuff. Okay. And when he would play on stage, and he played a harmonica, and me as like a five six year old kid, I didn't know what a harmonica was. And so my mom just convinced me that he was whistling when he was doing that. So for like a year, two years as a kid, I just thought Garth Brooks was like God's perfect whistler. And has like, had like this uncanny ability to make uh-huh. music yeah. like that. But it's but it was a harmonica. Yeah, it was a harmonica, and I couldn't yeah. see because he had his hands over his mouth. So I was just like, "Man, that guy is an amazing whistler." Yeah, I gotta say that's a really good one, Jefferson. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thinking when I was a kid, I told you the checks one, right? You got one, Mike? Why don't you come on in? Why don't you come on in after I play this record by brand new double album on 12XU. Saw him at Gonerfest a couple years ago, one of the hottest shows. Gary Wrong Group. New album. This song is called Patricia. wrong group love it great album brand new on 12xu 
double album, which is called, uh, I think it's called 2, two LP. That's what it says on the spot. It's probably just called Gary Wrong Group. Love them. The phone number 201-332-3484 here on The Best Show. want to also tell you about my friend, uh, you know, Neil Haggerty. Guy from Royal Trucks, Pussy Galore, and of course, his current project, Howling Hex. Neil lives in Denver. And he has started up a uh, a program to to kind of do uh, different interesting things. Uh, the Denver Brunch, where people can go, and there's going to be different. Um, I believe it's going to be on Saturday afternoons. And it's a, it's a, it's a, like a, it's a, like a, he's like establishing like a fig, like an art installment fixture, which is mobile though. And he's getting this going. The Denver brunch. He's got a Kickstarter for it. And this Kickstarter, let me find it. I will, here it is, Denver Brunch, Phase 1. I'm going to tweet it out right now. This is a great guy making making stuff and trying to get some real stuff going. I, I, I love him. Okay. I just tweeted out the Kickstarter. <clears throat> so yeah. Support your scene. Neil's trying to do something interesting. Check it out. I'm thinking of the things when I was a kid. The stupid things, not not just stupid, just the things you can't believe you thought were how it worked. For me, uh, a bunch of them come down to um, almost like the way I saw things as much as anything. Like... Seeing things as being like believe like believing stuff, just that innocence of believing things. I remember that feeling of just believing. Of just like being a kid who like cared and believe I just remember being like Yeah. Very strange feeling. 
Because when you're an adult, the stuff just starts to pile up and you start to realize the gray area of things. And when you're a kid, it's very black and white. I remember one uh, thing that happened to my sister was we were both kids. And she called the movie theater near our house to find out what time a movie was playing. And to find out how much it was. And she must have misdialed. Because then she asked what time the movie was playing. And I, I, I don't know. She asked how much the movie was. And the, and the person, the kid who picked up, said it was free. Like, yeah, it's free. So then, my poor mother, being the sweetest person, gathers all the kids from the neighborhood. Because they're all going to the movies for free. Brings all the kids. And they get to the theater. It's not free. And this is when, like, a credit card... You didn't use a credit card at a movie theater. You had to pay cash. <coughs> so, I just remember her scraping money out of the bottom of her purse to get everybody into the movie. Like, pulling coins together. And you just remember the feeling like, why would someone say that? Why would someone say it was free when it was just a child misdialed the phone? Like they didn't, they knew that. But then there's a part where you're just like, meh, I get it. Dude had to go for it. Saw a chance for some yucks. Not cool. Wouldn't have done it myself. But he went for it. Don't like it. I at least understand it though. But at the time, I just remember feeling like, why is that? That's different. Mike, you have something? Why don't you come on in? Best show. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? I'm well. To whom am I speaking? Uh, this is Hannah from Brooklyn. Hannah from Brooklyn. What's going on, Hannah? Um, I've got a quick one for the topic. Do I know this, Hannah? Yeah. I do. How are you doing? You sound so unenthused that I know you. <laughs> I'm just apologizing oh, for myself. You've been in the <laughs> studio before. Yeah, yeah, I have. You're in the running crew of that one goon who I uh, cross paths with. Yeah, yeah, I won't. I won't say who it is. Don't want to befoul. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say? Oh, can I say? 
No? Yeah, yeah, you can say. You can say. Fred. Fred from Honolulu. Good guy. Yeah. But you're in yeah. the you're in his He's running right. crew. You guys Yeah. You guys r- go through Brooklyn and we're like, We own this city. Right? Yeah, me and Fred Stye. You and Fred Stye when you're at a ninety nine cent pizza place. Yeah. Stacking the slices on top of each other. Yeah. Fred stacks them and then throws them in the garbage. Yeah, I don't even need it. Yeah. So, yeah, he doesn't even need it. Well, Hannah, um, I'll say this. You're super cool. I like you, Hannah. Just know that going to this. You you would have to be so bad at this (laughs) for this call to go south. You'd have to do such a bad job for this call to go south. You have such a cushion right now. All right. So proceed knowing that. All right. Well, let's see. Um, so I have I have a story for the topic. No kidding. Um, when I was maybe six or seven years old, I somehow got this idea that my grandpa played a character named Stinky on The Little Rascals. Okay. Um, slow, slow down now. Slow down. <laughs> you somehow got it in your yeah. head that your grandfather... Yeah. When he was a child, mm-hmm. was in the Little Rascals. Yeah. Um, what what like led had... you to that point? So, I mean, I had this weird memory at the time of my mom telling me this. And it made sense because I knew he was an actor and had done some, like, small roles. So I just sort of accepted this weird memory I had and started telling anyone who would listen about my grandpa who played Stinky on The Little Rascals. Um, And, like, I went into school and told a whole bunch of people at recess, and I was like, I don't know, I kind of got picked on a lot. I, you know, had trouble talking to people, but I went into school with, like, oh, I have this really interesting, cool thing to tell people about, and I just remember people were actually listening, and it, like, felt good. And I went home just, like, glowing and in this really good mood. And I started talking to my mom about, like, yeah, it's so cool that Grandpa was in The Little Rascals. And she was really confused and didn't know what I was talking about. And I was like, no, no, you, you told me last night. Grandpa played Stinky on The Little Rascals, and she said, you know, we never told you anything like that. Where is this coming from? So we kind of argued back and forth for a while. Which is a weird um, argument, because you're saying, but he is Stinky in The Little Rascals, and your mother is just (laughs) like, this is a very short argument, Hannah. Yeah. He's not. Like, you can't, you're not going to win this argument. Like, fine, he's stinky from the Little Rascals. (laughs) Yes, everybody's favorite Little Rascals character. So, Um, so you're arguing with your mother. Yeah, and, um, I mean, finally she just said, you know, something like, oh, is this a, was this like a dream you had? 
And I, I kept saying, no, you know, there's no way this really happened. And finally, I, I realized, oh, yeah, I think, I think this uh, illustrious background story I told everybody at school about was actually a dream. Oh, so, my God. Well, those are some pretty heavy dreams you have going on if you're just like <laughs> bringing them into the real world. Like if you're not remembering what's a dream and what's not, you are, you're getting, so you're, you're a deep sleeper. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Cause for you to come away thinking your grandfather was Ernie Weckbaugh. Stinky <laughs> from the little rascals. Yeah, that must be some sort of uh, you. You you're, you're reaching some pretty deep uh, uh, REM levels there. Hey, I just I guess I just really wanted that little rascals lineage. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, not everybody can get it. One person that does have it is uh, Fred from Honolulu. His uh, grandfather was alfa <laughs> was alfalfa. And, oh, okay. So that's yeah. where the uh, that's yeah. where all of the uh, the fan, that's where the fancy lifestyle comes, comes from, from. That alfalfa money, yes, it does. Mm. He's you sense. can always. I tell you this: with these rich kids, you spot them from a mile away. Mike with the <laughs> Mike with the Spencer's gifts money, which he does. Look, he doesn't mm. have thirty cents of right now. He's got nothing to show. For. His, his brother Nike. His brother Nike took the money. No, he doesn't have any of it. His brother Nike screwed him at the board meeting. The oh, big thing. Yeah. Nike. <laughs> yeah. He really, he really screwed him. Mike, Mike can't even look at a, uh, like a novelty toilet without, uh, just bawling his fists in rage. <laughs> yeah. So, well, Hannah, Hannah, that is a fantastic story. Thank you. And you right. should mm -hmm. call more often. Oh, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Have a great night. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Mike. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Are you excited about, uh, oh, I don't want to mention Spencer's Gifts. They have a sale on Sublime t-shirts going on right now. Buy one, get one 50% off. For four twenty. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've got a little anecdote about that. Uh, you know, uh, when I was getting involved in the business, they put me in charge of uh, novelty gifts, which you were kind of close to the mark there. Yeah. And um, one of, one of my big biggest successes was, uh, you know, the family was all against me, but uh, I wanted to bring in the uh, electric toilet paper. Do you remember the electric toilet paper? No, I don't. Yeah, it was a. It was a corn cob with an electrical outlet at the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah, okay, I do actually. <laughs> you know what the worst part is? Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, of course, it now. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I can't make stuff up like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And that was the biggest hit, and uh, I think a lot of Nike was it was particularly jealous that uh, you know I had this you know huge hit on my hands. Yeah, and uh, that was the beginning mm -hmm. of uh, you know it was almost like a Cain and Abel sure uh, sort of relationship yeah. from that point on. Speaking of cane, yeah. what about this inflatable cane? Like the idea that Spencer's Gift sells an inflatable cane 
That can only go. There's an inflatable yeah. cane and an inflatable walker. Okay, yeah. Or just somebody's gonna be. There's my walker. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, it's a gag gift. Yeah, so real you, gag. You, you give it to somebody and they fall down. All right. Some of these fun gags: uh-huh. uh, the phony lottery tickets, uh-huh. <laughs> the phony lottery tickets, the uh, X-rated fortune cookies, mm-hmm. fake pregnancy test. Boy, what a what a joy. Yeah. It is so. So when it, for this topic, we're talking about the things when you're when you were a kid that you thought. Yeah. Um, well, what, it, it's kind of interesting that uh, my story also involves my mother and my sister. Um, you know, I came from a Catholic family, so you know that meant you know we, we pretty much got our information about sex on the street or, or mostly in the woods because it was a suburb. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember my older; she was an older. My sister was older than me, and she was reading The Exorcist, and she had come across a word she was unfamiliar with, and I don't know if you remember back in those days, dictionaries didn't have, you know, certain certain yeah. words in them, mm-hmm. you know. And um, in this case, uh, you know, I, I heard the word, and I was like, I, I made a mental note, because I wasn't part of the conversation, I was just kind of, I just overheard it. And um, I made a mental note to try and look it up in the book uh, to get context for what they were talking about. And so when my sister wasn't around, I grabbed the book and I kind of combed through it and found it. And so for like a period, not very long, I was I was young, I was about 10, 11 in there. For a couple of years, I thought uh, masturbation was uh, sex with a crucifix. Which is just like a horrible yeah. thing to yeah. think of. What what would that even like? Why would that be? Why would there be a word for that? Right, right. But uh, I didn't quite understand the concept in the book, uh, the context, obviously. And uh, so, yeah, there was a, a, a couple years where that's what I thought that word meant, which was kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I gotta tell you this: you did it again. <laughs> You magnificent bastard. <laughs> you took a thing. You miked it. <laughs> you took a topic. Uh-huh. Yeah. You spun it. Yeah. You you took it, you put your stamp uh-huh. right on the forehead. Well you you you, you laid it out on the plate You're for me, right. Tom. I you know. I guess yeah. I You teed it up. I did tee it up. <laughs> You're right. It's fair enough. Always happy to oblige. Yeah. Well, Mike, of course. And apmike.bandcamp.com. When I when when you get my order for the headshot, yeah. this is what I'd like you to write on. Okay. Tom dash. apmike.bandcamp.com. Then just sign it. Okay. Okay? Yeah. That's it. All right. And you don't even have to med. Just bring it in next okay. week. Yeah, I will. Save the postage. Okay. <laughs> you want, want, want me to frame it? No, that's oh, okay. okay. No, right. don't worry. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Mike. What I really want to know. What is that? That's uh, that's that's uh, Sublime, right? I don't got no Santeria. I ain't got no pork and beans. But if you wanna, is is that that song? Am I getting the words right? I ain't got no Santeria. I don't eat no pork and beans. 
Man, they were, that's a terrible band. That's just the worst thing anybody's ever heard. I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball. Crystal ball, not pork and beans. Best show. Hey, Tom, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Uh, this is John in D.C. Uh, actually, uh, Falls Church uh, right across the uh, river. Um, and I've got one for topic. Let's hear it. When I was a kid, I loved game shows on television. But I was just convinced. I mean, I didn't even think otherwise that there was a live band at every game show playing all the music. Like, you know, to introduce the show and to do the little sound effects and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. they had to be there. It was yeah. television. It was live television. Sure. So you thought that the music was from where? Um, just, I don't know, like the, the orchestra pit or something. I don't know. Okay. Had, if it had one. Sure. Gotcha. Well, okay. what else you got? Okay. Um, another one was, or this is kind of a, a belief that took me a little too long to uh, correct. Um, when, when I was a kid, my dad would let me set up the stereo, you know, and you let me kind of only touch it when we had a guest coming over. And I hit one, it was like a big console with a stack of records that you could put on and would play like one side at a time, but kind of drop down. And so I'd play with the volume of the controls and I'd say, you know, turn up the treble and say, okay, more treble. That's good. Bass, more bass. Okay. Balance, more balance. Yes. More balance is good. So I turned balance all the way to the right and, didn't hear if that made much of a difference, but more was always good. And so for maybe most of my childhood, I only heard the right channel of all of my records. So because you turned balance, you thought you were fixing it. and I thought it was a thing that was good, so you turned it up That's very to the funny. right. That's very funny. That's fantastic. And it really wasn't until I, like, I think my dad got a tape deck in his you, car, so I decided to yeah. go to a friend's house to tape some records. Uh-huh. And I um, I had Genesis Live, the 73 one. Uh, you uh-huh. know, I, it was had the stereo separation. All of a sudden, there's guitar on this record. Yeah, and you're like, where'd that come from? Yeah. <laughs> suddenly, there's guitar because you're listening to Genesis Live, and suddenly you're listening to Mama. Is that the one with Mama <laughs> on it? No, no, it was like giant hogweed or something like that, but it was all organ, you know? Because you were, you were only listening to one channel. That's very funny. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the call, buddy. That was great. All right. Best show. Hey, Tom. Oh, I had boy. one for the topic. Hello. Hi. What, who am I speaking? This is Neil from Tennessee. Neil from Tennessee. What's up, Neil? I'll make this fast. Went basically until eighth grade or so, uh, when I learned how the body worked until that point, I thought that obese people were literally full of food. Like they, they didn't have any more room in them. And so they just expanded, you know, in their limbs and anywhere else. And, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I learned the idea of, you know, yeah, fat storage and yeah, those makes, sorts of things. That yeah, makes perfect anyway. sense. Yeah, that, that one tracks. Yeah, so I got, well, you know what? You're a kid, you learn. It's like that uh, that song by uh, uh, Alanis Morissette. You live, 
Yulan. Remember that song? <laughs> Yulan. Yulan. What's that one called again? I think it's called You Live and You Learn. I gotta get back into her. The records. Yeah, Remember that one go? record? Where'd she go? She's got a, a, yeah. a half a billion dollars. That's where she, she didn't go nowhere. <laughs> oh, she, I think she made so much money. I yeah, she was uh, interesting. Where's my version yeah. of that? Where's my version of that? Right? Where's my Give it some time, man. Give, give it some time. Give it some time. How much time am I, mean, I supposed to give it? You're still young. I can't keep giving. I got nothing left, bro. I got nothing. This other adventure starting. I got nothing. I'm, I'm so look. Man, showbiz turns I miss back your, on me. I miss your Ted Leo videos. Well, that those days are gone. I can't. I can't. I can't co-finance any more videos. Ah. Uh, I got. Well, I'll do, my, do a thing where I uh, made part. money, not put my own money into it. Right. Right. I get that. Thanks, bro. All right, you buddy. I Have a good too. night. I miss it too. You don't think I wish I was making Ted Leo videos all day and night? <laughs> Get off my phone. Best show. Hey, what's up? I wanted to tell you that I thought dragonflies could sew your hands together. And what made you? What got you to that point? My grandma told me it. Like oh, well, insincerity. Then that's very easy. How you got to that point? Your grandmother lied to you. Yeah. That's weird. Why would she say that to you? I don't know. And do you want to know the weirdest part? I do. When I was in high school, I told it to my friend's little sister and I made her cry. Yeah, because it's scary. Why the hell would your I grandmother know, yeah, say that? I know, it really is scary. It is that there's these things flying around that sew your hands together? I'm glad you don't think it's dumb. No, I think your grandmother it seems like a, a, a living uh, a, a living nightmare. No offense. I know you love <laughs> your grandmother. Now. She's a dead nightmare with yeah. uh, Gary Shandling. She was not good, was she? She was not a good person. You can admit oh, it my, now. She loved Bill O'Reilly. You look, it, that's not what I asked. Sorry, you, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, you can sorry. admit it now. Um, was your she a good person? She meant well. She meant well. Yeah, yeah, yeah she most, was. Most bad people mean well. But you can say it. She's a bad person. Let it free yourself. Yeah. Listen, listen. She's a bad oh, I'm person. Listening. Oh, I'm listening. Say it. My grandma was a bad person. She meant well, but... She was a bad person. Yeah. Who would say that to a child? A bad person. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Good night. Good night to you. Best show. Hey, Tom? Yes. This is uh, Sufi calling from Denver. Sufi from Denver. What's up, Sufi? No more oh, calls tonight. No just, more calls. Uh, Let me just say this. I just had... Hold oh. on one second, Sufi. No more calls. You got that, guys? No more. Best show's done. We'll let this final one through, and I'm wrapping it up. Hi, Sufi. Hey, so I just had one for the topic. I'd love to hear it. Do people say so... your name, and do they mention Dane Cook all the time? Does it drive you nuts? For saying Sufi, Dane yeah. Cook? Yeah. No, I don't know that. Because that super finger that thing he did? No, I had no idea. Oh, I, no, I don't I... really like him. Oh, so what? You don't? <laughs> Not really. He's kind of a meathead. Kind of, yeah. I'm with you on that. So go ahead, Sufi. 
But uh, so when I was a little kid and uh, I would watch TV late at night, the first time I remember seeing um, TV continued on the bottom of the TV, uh-huh. I thought that meant, like, to be counted. To be so counted. I remember watching uh, Married with Children and seeing to be continued on the bottom, thinking it was, like, to be counted. Wait, what? what? Like, because it was in... Go ahead, because it was in... Like, it was important, like, it was something of the heart, you had to think about it. Oh, I see like what you mean. Like, this one me. counts. Like, this one counts, this episode. Exactly. First of all, what episode of Married with Children was a two-parter? <laughs> what I happened? Uh, bu- bu- uh, Bud, Bud Bundy? Uh, what happened to him? He, right? I, I don't remember. I really don't remember, camp? but I knew you were going to ask me that. He was, star- was he staring in the window, oogling someone? Right? <laughs> I don't know. Marcy. Remember, what's his face? Always hated Marcy. Ted. Ted Bundy. <laughs> oh, he's the worst guy yeah, in the whole yeah. show. Right? Yeah, Ted, but he could dad, tell Hughes, all right? The dad on that show was the He hated his, his his wife was a very attractive uh, lady, and he's just he's acting like she's uh, this dog. That's true. Right? Very true. All she wants to do is is uh you know uh, be be romantic with him and he's he's trying he's making like he's, he's trying to hold down barf I sick. don't know Ted Bundy sick character This wasn't love I guess Yeah and now he's on what he's on that other show now Modern Family Yeah I kind right? of secretly like that show Who's your favorite character on it let me see if I can guess Manny Right you like Manny No probably the the smart girl on the show I don't remember her name. For me, the, the characters on that show. The characters on the that show. Is kind of a, a dork that's in college, and she's brainy. And sure. Yeah. I, I know who you mean. To me, the characters yep. on that show are, there's two categories, Manny and not Manny. <laughs> yeah, he's a good character for sure. So, all right. Well, thank you, he's Sufi. Thanks for the call, Sufi. Thanks, Tom. Mate. Final calls. Final calls. Best show. Hello? Hello? Oh, hi. How are you? I'm well. To whom am I speaking? This is Austin in West Virginia. Austin in West Virginia. What's going on in West Virginia tonight? Uh, Not a whole lot. Pretty slow night. I just thought I'd call in and share my story for the topic. I'd love to hear it. Okay. Do you remember the Rick Moranis movie, uh, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid? I, th- I think it might have been kids. Uh, did he blow up more than one kid? Oh, no, he shrunk multiple kids. He blew up the one kid. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Well, so what happened? So, in... Go ahead. It was a preview on a VHS tape that we had, and I was a real tiny tot. And I was, I don't know why, I was terrified of this giant baby. And I knew movie previews came before, like, full-feature movies. So for the longest time i was terrified of the idea of going to a movie theater on the off chance that i would happen to see the trailer for honey i blew up the kid and have to deal with that baby again yeah i don't want to see a giant toddler i'm a small toddler that toddler that toddler's gonna like throw me around beat me up yeah but this went on for years and we weren't even a family that went to the movies i was just scared of the concept of it yeah, no, and, I mean, that's that's terrifying. It's weird how a kid's mind gets him to that point. 
And then you're like, yeah. I don't want to see another giant baby. No, <laughs> no more trailers. <laughs> I would just fast forward through all the other trailers, hoping that the giant baby wasn't there, like years after the movie had come yeah. and gone. Yeah. If you saw and that giant baby now, there's still a part of you that would go, Ooh. Yeah, right. I, wa- I watched it, like, years later on, and it just gave me a general feeling of dread and unease, just yeah. residual from yeah. those horrible childhood years. You're like Mike when he sees an inflatable walker. <laughs> Bad memories. You're like uh, Mike walking through a mall, walking right. by the Spencers, seeing yeah. what could be. Yeah. Thanks for the call, bro. Thank you. Best show. Hey, Tom. Hey, who's this? This is Pat from Philly. Pat from Philly. What's up, Pat? I got a quick one for the topic. Uh, When I was a kid, I thought that Gallagher was funny. Okay. And uh, because he used to have those specials on VH1 where he had the big couch and, like, the big wheel. Yeah. And and I was drawn in, and he was smashing fruit. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. So... You know, when I was 21 or 22, I went to go see him, and so that turned into a horrifying experience. And did he talk like this? He did. Well, you know, the whole thing you have to realize is with (laughs) politicians, they're all stupid. And he smashed, and then he'd be like, and then the people would have their, uh, their tarps, right? Yep. Did you have a tarp? How close were you? No, I got cheap seats. I didn't have a tarp. I was yeah. devastated. You know what happens, uh, or used to happen, would be that he would get people in the cheap seats often, and they would dump rancid fruit on you from behind. <laughs> there, was a, there was amazing, like, the, the amazing things that happened at that show, where he was just accusing all children of being gay in the most homophobic way. Um you, you didn't see it coming. I'm not sure. This is alleged. I mean, it's not because I saw it, but um, it was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen. And uh, if if you have the time, he had three kids come up and gave them each a can of soup and told them to throw a can of soup into a garbage can from like 10 to 15 feet away. Two kids missed, one kid made it. He was, these were children. Yeah. And the two kids that missed, he said, now these kids are the losers in life. This kid's the winner. Yeah. You know what I would have done if I was one of those kids? I whipped a can of soup right at Gallagher. <laughs> Hit him right in that dumb head, right? He called kids losers. Hey, well, he's a, well, what do you think? He's mentally ill. He's right. mentally, he's a mentally, he's dressed in a striped shirt swinging a sledgehammer around. It's like the world's worst DC villain. <laughs> right? Would it surprise you if Gallagher was in Suicide Squad 2? No. Right? I can see it. I guess we're like a Suicide Squad. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta watch out for the mallet. Right? These criminals are the worst of the worst. This one can swing a mallet and, sm- and anything he hits turns into smashed fruit. <laughs> yep. Alright, thanks for the call, buddy. Yep. How about that? Best show. No more calls. Well, my friends. Did you have fun tonight, uh, Dudio? Lifeless. 
Pat. Yep. Pat says, yep. Like he's, somebody's asking him for change outside Grand Central Station. Is that even a place, Grand Central Station? Is it? Yeah. Right? Is that the one with the Ralph Cramden statue? Yeah, that's Port Authority. <coughs> Where's Grand Central Station? East? That's right. That's the nice one that they shoot movies in. Port Authority is the the House of Horrors, right? Mike, Penn Station is beautiful. What do you have against a weird United Airlines travel business that they transform into looking like it's a beach and no one ever goes in it. Weirdest business ever. For United Airlines travelers who want to use their miles for different kinds of trips. Come on in and discuss that with us. Do they get one transaction a day there? They're in Penn Station. Best show. Best show. Oh, hey, Tom. Hi. Hey, um, this is Jeff from Chicago. I didn't even realize there was a half-hour power tonight. There is no half-hour power, so the line flashed and I just picked up. Well, what's going on, Chief? Oh, shit. Um, you you know, Goodbye, you animal. Chicago trash. Right? Chicago trash. In action. There you go. Guys, the human equivalent of one of those uh, hot dogs. Just trash. Sad. When someone calls the show. Just uses foul language. Try to do a show that... It's PG. Yeah, there's some... Suggestive moments here and there. But on the whole, no, it's a family show. You can listen to it in mixed company. You don't have to worry. We're not on here talking about bras and butts and all the stuff you get on other shows. Now, I come here with a goal to try to just do a nice show that everyone can laugh at and have some fun for once in their lives. But then I sit for the rest of the week, the six days and 21 hours that I'm not here. Those are the hard ones. I'm moving on from some things, guys. Leaving some things behind. But one thing I am not leaving behind is this show. Yeah, the other areas of my life are in free fall. I'll admit it. What am I going to do? It's a mess. A giant mess. But you know what? I know that this place 
And this show and this studio is here, and you guys support this show. You do it with the Patreon. You keep us going. We love it. We thank you. And that's what's going to keep more of the best show going. And I find from people who write me and say that they're having a hard time now and again, the show helps them. Well, you know what? Looky Lou, the show is helping me. It's given me a thing, a place I can lean on and know I can go here and do the best version of myself and be as funny as I want. I can't be judged. I can't be judged by people I don't even respect in the first place. I'm trying to win someone over who I think is a one one hundredth as funny as I am. No, I don't need him. Yeah, maybe I don't have the things that people like, like money the way they have it or things like security. But you know what I've got? I've got the best show. I've got talent. We get it. They don't. Best show is not going to stop. It's all I've got. I'm doubling down on the best show. We'll be back next week.